Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Universe Within podcast. On this episode, I sat down with Bettina Fisher. Uh, Bettina was recommended to me by a couple of friends of mine, uh, Marta and Alan, who I interviewed both of them on earlier episodes of the podcast. Uh, so you can also check out interviews with them. And uh, she, Bettina was really highly recommended to me uh, by them. And I guess Bettina would describe herself as, uh, I think she used the word energy worker, light worker. Um, and she's a really fascinating woman. Uh, she's been on her own personal journey for a long time. And, um, and, and I think she's, she's, a, she's a healer in her own sense. And we got into some really interesting topics, talking about uh, what it means to be healing, uh, talking about this uh, time that we're living in that she calls a time of ascension, uh, talking about ancient cultures and ancient civilizations, star beings, indigenous philosophies, uh, plant work, um, and and really these these pillars that she was also describing of self love, self responsibility, self expression. So it was a, a really fascinating conversation, and I, I think you all will will really enjoy it. It's also something a a little bit different from just the the straight plant work that uh, is often spoken about on this podcast uh, about speaking about other ways of, of potentially accessing that same information. So uh, it was really a pleasure for me to have her on. Um, as always, if you are able to support this podcast, that's a really big help to me. Uh, a really good way to do that is via Patreon. You can sign up for as little as a dollar a month. There's different tiers you can sign up for. Those tiers give you different things back, things like early access to these shows, bonus material, uh, Q&As. To all the people who have done that, to all of the patrons, as always, thank you very much for your support. I, I always really appreciate it. And if you're able to do that, that's a, a really a tremendous help uh, to me to be able to continue to make these shows and, and bring on these guests and 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 share in this information. Uh, there's also the ability to direct donate via PayPal. I'll put a link to both of those in the show notes. If you're not able to do that, as always, some of the little things make a really big difference. So if you're listening to this on YouTube, hitting the subscribe button, turning on the notification bell so that you get notified of when these videos come out, uh, liking the videos, leaving any questions or comments in the comment section, all of those things really help with the algorithms to get the show out to a bigger audience. And then if you're listening to this on whatever platform, uh, subscribing or following the show, and um, if you're listening on Spotify, rating the show, and then also with Apple Podcasts, leaving a starred rating and a short review, that's a really big help. So I think that's it. Uh, and without further ado, here is my conversation with Bettina. Running out from the maze, running out of the maze today. Running out from the maze, running out from the maze, running out from the maze today. Running out from the maze, running out from the maze, running out of the maze today. Well, great, Bettina. Well, well, thank you very much for coming on. Um, as I was mentioning before, you were recommended to me by a friend of mine, Marta. Um, I believe she's worked with you. And then I also, uh, her husband is a, is a friend of mine. We, we do jujitsu together. And, and one day 
he was mentioning that, that his wife, Marta, had recommended you to me and that he was actually really excited to see this interview because I think he's also worked with you. And uh, they both had some really beautiful things to say. So, uh, so yeah, thank you for, for taking the time and coming on. And um, maybe just to start to, to tell the audience a bit about yourself, who you are. I, I know it's always a, a, a big, <laughs> a big question, but, but a little bit about your life. What, what brought you to the place you are and, and to the work that you're doing? Okay. Um, so first of all, I'm a human being. That's important because I had somebody visit me three years ago. And the first thing she did when she came out of the gate was tap me in the chest and say, she's real. So yes, I, I am a human being. I'm here. Um, started out just like anybody else. I was born in 1966 um, into literally the family business of my dad. Um, and when I started exhibiting yeah, interest in spirituality early on, um, didn't go so well. There wasn't that much of an understanding for that, you know, in, in the 70s and 80s. There, there was more of a, um, being ridiculed on a regular basis. And um, I've always had problems from the very beginning to discern between my emotions and the emotions of everybody else. Um, as I recently discovered, um, not just using the skills that I have uh, remembered along the way, but I have also been an empath from the very beginning. So um, what was um, a hindrance and, and difficult for me in childhood and adolescence has become an asset. Now I'm more and more inclined to use my perception in, in various levels um, to help people, but that's not my primary function. Now, early on, I was asked to work for the planet. So it turns out I'm a grid worker. I do a lot of work for um, yeah, earthquake prone areas. Um, I worked with a group of light beings on the Fukushima disaster. I've been working on um, volcanic eruptions and geological disasters and all kinds of things. So um, after the 2004 tsunami, I was involved six years, six months almost in um, getting all those souls that were suddenly uh, jolted out of their bodies and getting them into the light. Um, I've been collecting ghost stories in Scotland and uh, worked on battlefields and well, I've been literally all over the place. Um, my galactic collection um, is like I have, well, my feet in, in lots of different organizations, if you will, the Ashta Command. I've worked a long time for the Ashta Command freelance. I've been doing all kinds of work and I've only started in 2003 to take work as an energy worker for people seriously. Before that, I was more interested in figuring out how energy flows, what you can do with it, how it feels, um, what the body does with it, um, by locating all over the planet, doing what I was asked to, working with uh, the Pleiadians, the Andromedans, the Arcturians. I was sort of, um, I'm eclectic, I'm all over the place. And at the same time, I was doing my work in the family business, um, sitting in front of a computer screen for roughly 28 years and going through all the day-to-day uh, um, -day troubles that you have when you are a secretary in an office. Uh, so I have a lot of experience uh, being unhappy with my situation, but working in the family business afforded me the opportunity uh, to um, 
go on workshops, short notice, jump on a plane, go to the US, do something special. That was something that was sort of what I took to console myself. So my spiritual path and the things that excited me and brought me, you know, step closer to who I truly am, um, have been made possible by doing the work in the family business. So you have to take um, the good with the bad, I guess. And I suppose that's the story of many people. Not everyone has the opportunity to simply get out of its life and do something different and, you know, just be a different person. Yeah, sometimes it does take a while. So um, when the family business finally faltered, it was for me like I was suddenly set free. And then my guides stepped in and were like, hey, you got to use your gifts. Yeah, this, you can't just sit around just doing it for people because you want to. You have to do this on a regular basis and we want you to become more active and stuff. And so finally, I decided to become self-employed with doing quote unquote energy work. It's a term for perceiving the energy field of the person I'm connecting with and helping them locate blockages, getting the energy black into flow. Um, and you probably heard the word chakra a thousand times before. That's, of course, part of the deal. But there's a much more broader perspective here. It's about the subtle bodies. There are frequency ranges in our energy field. There's the matrix of the physical body. Um, there are problems with ancestral lineages, with family constellations, with karmic stuff that's coming up. And then, of course, never forget that we are in this ascension process, yeah, in the middle of um, the world changing. And most people haven't realized yet that there is no going back to normal. Yeah, we are in the middle of, of the most fundamental change. And we are one of 383 planets in this galaxy that is ascending. And we are the focal point here, right here, right now. It has taken me a while to realize that the action isn't out there. Yeah, I've done my bit for king and country. I've been out around doing galactic diplomacy for a couple of years early on. I've been like on, on the ships that are anchored all around the planet, but that's not really what matters. What matters is that the ascension is the descension of the soul into the body. And that means that the action, what really happens is happening right here in the body, in this cellular structure. So the work that I do focuses a lot on helping people becoming more aware of who and what they are, allowing them to go deeper into the presence in the body. Now, especially people in the Western civilization are having uh, problems because we are conditioned to use our rational mind first and foremost. And most of them find it difficult to connect with their emotional body, to accept that feelings are just that. They are there. They have a reason to be there. But we have been trained to ignore them or to defy them or to deny them or all these kinds of things. And, well, um, emotion is exactly what it is, energy in motion. It wants to flow. Energy always wants to move. And so the moment you stop it or you slump on the brakes or you have uh, blockages anywhere and the energy stops, that's when you get difficulties. Uh, so my work focuses on helping people to um, realize what is happening for them in that moment 
and maybe giving them a bit of context um, about the bigger process, what's happening on the planet, because we are all connected with that. Yeah, there is no separate being on this planet. We are all part of this. Yeah, so I'm doing the RIT work. I'm still active in that regard. Of course, when I get called, mostly in the middle of the night, when in Germany, mass consciousness is quiet, that's when I get my wake-up call, and then I am asked to go here or there or anywhere and, I don't know, work on, on the grids, work on temples that have um, yeah been submerged for eons, working on um, different projects with other light beings. Um, and honestly, this is as normal as breathing to me. Um, I've been doing this most of my life. So this isn't anything special, but what is special is that there are more and more memories surfacing from Atlantis, from Lemuria, from all the lifetimes in which we had higher potentials at our disposal, in which we were able to access um, the potentials that are um, personally yours, you know, that we were able to really align with the bigger part of who we are. And that is something that I find very exciting because the higher the vibration of Earth comes, the, the higher the, the vibrations are that we can flow through our physical body, yeah, the more we gain access to that knowledge, to those memories. And let's be honest, not all of that is bad. We can use lots of skills that we have mastered in other lifetimes. Now, personally, bilocation has been with me for so long. I've been trained by, by the Arcturians personally in order to do that, to do the work for Earth that I've pledged to do. Um, and so why not go one step further? There are people that can uh, levitate. There are people that can actually um, use their, their mind to move things and stuff. I mean, this isn't so much out of the ordinary. And I suppose that um, the next thing that's going to happen is that people start teleporting. Yeah, it's not that far out. And I think that before we can do that on a greater scale, people have to start becoming first and foremost um, aware of their physical bodies. That's an ongoing project for me as well. Um, not really happy about this body. I never was. But then I made a commitment to come here and to live this life. And as long as I don't want to be here, nothing is moving forward. So I'm doing my very best to come into a working relationship and even you know, appreciate this, this body for all the services it's doing for me on a regular basis. And um, I have found that if I meditate in any other way than with the body, like leaving my body behind, which I've done for years, doing astral travel, doing all kinds of things, it doesn't work anymore. I have to be present in the body. The whole action is really getting our physical structure to metabolize more light. And that means if I'm not here, then my body says, well, if you're not here, why am I here? Uh, so we need to, the body consciousness, we need um, all the parts of who we are. We need to integrate all the parts that have gotten lost along the way. And so, yeah, there are many different um, vantage points from when you can, you look at your life and say, well, I've done this and that and that. But that's not really what counts anymore, is it? The most important thing is where are we going? Yeah, um, I always ask the question, how do you want to feel? This is a feeling universe. Yeah, your dominant vibration is ruled by your feelings. So the question becomes, how do you want to feel? Yeah, and you have absolute control over how you want to feel. That's the one thing that you can control yeah, by virtue of your focus. 
So yes, um, it is fascinating to connect with people all over the planet. Um, thank you, technology, for being here to making this possible. And it is um, amazing that yeah, this is something that I can do a living and with, and I actually can you know express myself through. Um, I'm still amazed. Yeah, that people call on me and say, hey, can you, you know, take a look and tell me what's going on and why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? Yeah, so um, it is amazing to me that I am able to, to do these things. I don't take that for granted. I am extremely grateful for all the blessings that have been bestowed on me. Um, and I think that everybody is called to use the skills, the gifts we have now to um, help whoever and whatever we can. Now, and if that means somebody is good at putting their hands on a on a body, then that is that. Yeah, there is no one fix all healer on the planet. It's not possible. We are all individuals. We need many, many different people and many, many different ways to help heal. If that is, you know, what is needed. So, yeah, I'm sort of um, in there somewhere. Um, I'm just one of the people that has said yes to um, using the gifts and using whatever skill I have uh, to help people take the next step on their journey. Not sure if that answers the question. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So when you were growing up, you, you mentioned that you had this kind of empathic quality. So, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. There's this sense of, uh, a sense of feeling. Was there, was there something in your life like a, a discontent? I mean, that's often something I think people describe as maybe they, they somehow felt that something was off or there was more to life than, than maybe uh, the, the rational cultures that they grew up in were, were pointing towards. What was that in your life that, 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 that allowed you to begin to, to, to maybe see your own innate gifts or, or this path that you've come upon? Because it's, uh, you know, I would imagine I'm, I'm not super familiar with Germany, but I think like most, uh, most industrialized countries, they're, they're relatively similar. It's certainly the work you're doing is in a common path. So what was it in your life that, 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 was there an event that kind of showed you something or was it a gradual process of, of realizing there, there, there's more than meets the eye? What, what was that, that journey like for you beginning to, to go into to these things? Well, I'm not sure there's a one sentence answer to that. Um, I guess I realized, um, yeah, my difference sort of being 11 or 12, um, I always had a very strong bond with animals, you know, horses, dogs, and so on. And um, I was lucky enough that my family had the means. So we did have two horses and that was my outlet. That was what I spent time with. That was what I um, spent a lot of thought processes on. However, um, I also realized early on that um, I'm probably Jesus's biggest fan. Yeah, um, I love that guy to bits and pieces, and I still do. And every time I hit a rough patch, I would ask for support. And so um, I was lucky to have um, guidance to, uh, to a certain extent. Um, my older sister 
was also very much into spirituality. She was uh, six years older and she started early on with looking at Reiki and what was available in Germany at the time. And you have to realize in my early 20s, yeah, this is like um, the 80s. Um, you couldn't go into a bookshop and um, have like an entire section on spirituality. Um, if you would go into a bookshop and ask for a book on spirituality or esoteric matters, yeah, they would look at you as if you came straight from Mars. Yeah, there was no internet at the time that would allow you to simply um, have the world at your fingertips and after three clicks you would have the information that you're seeking. All of this has only gradually come into existence. And the, the vibration on the planet was uh, fairly low at the time. Yeah, the harmonic convergence was 1987. And until then, if you started with something like law of attraction, which is like, you know, since 2006, since the secret has come out, um, it's been in everybody's uh, repertoire to some extent. Yeah, it was suddenly it was common knowledge. Until then, yeah, creating your own reality was a concept that was unheard of. So, yeah, if you had access to, uh, to special knowledge and it was very secret, all of this was very secret. Yeah? Yeah, if you got your hands on a book like that, that was like um, the exception, not the norm. So anything that you tried took a long time to manifest. Yeah? If you would get results after a couple of months, you would count yourself lucky. When we look around you today, uh, when you look at people talking about manifestation, it's like, okay, you do it now and 15 minutes later you have a result. Yeah, We are now in a time that uh, Sananda lovingly calls instant karma. Now, it works both ways. You can manifest fairly quickly, but if you take a wrong turn, you also slam into a concrete wall very quickly. So it's like... Um, it took me a, a long time to go through the different stages. Um, started with Reiki for me when I was uh, in my early 20s. And there wasn't that much in terms of uh, workshops, seminars, or things you could do in Germany at the time. It was a very small scene um, if you were. It took a long time to... Uh, figure out what to do and where to go to and work with the staff or meet somebody. Um, it's not like these days where you go on Facebook and then you have like 200 people you can ask. Um, so, and for my personal process, I probably needed also the time. I wasn't a very fast, um, you know, I wasn't going off like a rocket. That's not me. Yeah. Um, when it's about small things, I'm pretty spontaneous, but when it's about big things, I do take my time. Yeah, I'm not the kind of person um, that commits to things easily. Um, um, yeah, I'm a full-blown cancer, and uh, we cancers, we do love our our uh, hiding spots. Yeah, we do take our time, and if something comes too close, we do close the door pretty quickly. So, um, yeah, it take my, has taken me years to figure out in which direction I wanted to go. And every time I thought, oh, wow, this is great. Now you really have a handle on things. Um, it wouldn't be long until I realized, no, it's just another piece of the puzzle. And um, Jesus, or who is now known as Lord Sananda, um, still one of my uh, biggest supporters. Every time I get, I, I hit a snack, uh, he's there. Although sometimes he does like to surprise me. Um, two weeks ago, I was asking for advice. And, well, I probably veer too much from the agenda of my soul. That's when I get distracted and that's when I get 
um, uncomfortable and I need somebody to tell me, okay, you know, what's wrong? So my focus slipped differently into the wrong direction. And so I asked him and he showed up, but not the way that I imagined him. Yeah, he sometimes likes to surprise me. So this time he showed up in, in jeans and cowboy boots and a leather jacket and Ray-Bans. And he's like, hey, we're going with the Times girl, okay? <laughs> okay, right. So yeah, um, I've been lucky. I've had a lot of support in, in every which way, but the biggest challenge for me is still coming into the body every morning and realizing, okay, unfortunately I'm back. Uh, it's another day to go through, so the best you can. But there is not that feeling of anticipation, of keenness, of passion. Um, yes, I do energy work. Okay, great. Um, I am a normal human being going through my normal human life, facing the challenges every day. Um, and I'm still not sure why I'm supposed to do what I'm doing. Um, I don't have all the answers, yeah? Um, and I don't need them as long as it feels good to me that is what I'm going with. Yeah. I never had that purpose that people are looking for. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that is still the case, but there are, um, you know, lots of memories of people saying, Oh, I'm supposed to do this or I'm supposed to do that. Yeah. However, that's a victim attitude to a lots for lots of people. It's like, yeah, but I am supposed to do to, to be this great writer and, um, if I can't do that, then life is not worth living. Yeah. Um, there is no exclusion clause here. Yeah. You have come here with the express intention of being who you are. That's the only job you have. And that's the only person that you need to be. Nobody else. Yeah. So I figured that I have taken lots of different lessons from lots of different directions along the way. Um, I've been doing quote unquote spirituality for 44 years now. I'm 56 by the time that this interview happens. And um, I'm still learning. I'm still falling over certain ideas, certain concepts that are foreign or new or exciting. Um, but I never could take one system and apply it completely or exclusively. Doesn't work for me. Never has. It doesn't really register um, until I have integrated the part that is a fit to me and then it becomes part of who I am and what I do. Now, now I may be um, a bit flighty at times depending on what the subject is. Um, I stopped reading all the books that were available 10 years ago because suddenly I realized, well, I've already read most of the content in some book or other. I've already heard most of what is being said and I'm not following YouTube channels. Um, I'm not, you know, keeping my finger at the parts of the world because I am constantly connected with the world. So intuitively already know what's going on. I don't need to uh, hear it from somebody else. I follow my own guidance. Yeah. And if something has to come to my conscious attention, um, they are making sure it's coming to me. No, um, it's also something that I have learned along the way. I am never alone. Yeah. There are always more than enough 
entities, um, more than enough angels, more than enough uh, ascended masters or anybody else for that matter who has a say in uh, what's going on or who wants to uh, tell me something or who's barging in when I'm talking with somebody. Or one of the things that they have taken on lately is um, if I'm talking to somebody about something and most of what I'm doing is channeled anyway, um, then there is this little voice in the back of my head that says, now listen, this is good. You need to hear this. This is good for you. <laughs> no, um, I think I need to change my perspective here. Sorry. Okay, that's better. Yeah, um, it's been a long journey and it's still a very long journey. And I can't pretend that things have been easy, um, but nobody promised us that this life would be a picnic. Yeah, There is no scripture that says, hey, this is going to be a fun ride. Yeah, you can make it a fun ride, at least partially, um, if you're so inclined. However, there are going to be challenges. There are going to be trials and tribulations and uh, some tests along the way. Um, yeah, because the personality always wants it easy and wants it fun. However, the soul's perspective is always about using this very special time on the planet that we are in right now. And this very special time of ascension is, has such an enormous amount of contrast that allows us to have a myriad of experiences in a very short amount of time. And that is the big challenge. And that's also the big opportunity. It affords us the opportunity to grow in exponential ways yeah, if we can allow ourselves to do it. Yeah? So the source perspective is always give them more to uh, have a better time, give them more challenges so that they can grow even faster, figure out um, how to um, have more fun, but also figure out how to expand and get rid of the limitations that you're having and let go of the restrictions that you have come here with and overcome um, the things that you think that are wrong with you. Uh, um, for the soul's perspective, there is only one agenda, yeah? having you find the fastest way back into the light. And from the perspective of the personality, you are judging every single experience and you are judging everything that is happening from the viewpoint of, oh, this is fun or this isn't fun. Yeah, I like this, I don't like this. And so um, I am not a passionate person when it comes to what I'm doing, pretty much because this is part of who I am. Yeah? I'm not using techniques as much as I am allowing myself to connect and then see what happens and who comes through. And the archangels are present a lot of the time, but sometimes it's the ascended masters or it's the guides of the person I'm talking to. Um, there is always quite an entourage when I'm working and for me, this isn't really working. It's more like having an intense conversation and really being 100% present with what is happening at that moment, you know, what, what the energy is. And um, so I've had like 20 years of experience now with translating the energy, perceiving what it is that I'm actually perceiving and making sense of things. And... Um, yeah, sometimes I have to remind myself to do this for myself as well when it is needed. Now, we do tend to forget uh, when we're working. At least that's that's true for me. You know, when I'm immersed with working with somebody else, um, I never could say no to anybody. Uh, somebody needs help, and that's what I do. 
but my own journey is far from over. And um, as Abraham is so fond of saying, you never get it done. Yeah, you're never finished. And no matter if you have a body or not, doesn't really compute. Now, of course, at the moment, with this ascension process, we're not leaving the body behind. We have to make the body our temple that we use to actually uh, move forward with the vibrations that we are anchoring. So without the body, you can't really move forward and you can also have no fun along the way. No, um, I don't know what's coming next. I really have no idea. Yeah, could be fun, could be not. Who knows? I'll just take what comes one day at a time. So you you were speaking in, in many different ways and, and using different words, different concepts, but, but this idea of, of guides, of ascended masters, angels, spirit, uh, I think for some people, maybe they have some sort of concept of what you're talking about. I think for a lot of people, they, they also don't. Um, was that a, a process of, of something that, that, that you began to open up to? Was it through the dream space or, or through certain hours that you felt like communication was coming to you? Or was that something you were actively looking towards? What was that, that process like of beginning to open up this dialogue with uh, I guess you could say something other than yourself or your higher self, but, but, but these, this idea of, of you, cause you've also used this word channeling. So these energies or, or these, these ideas that you're channeling, what was that process like of, of beginning to be able to receive that? Um, I think it started when I became aware of, um, of angels in a personal way. Um, I was actually researching the word channeling and I came across a website by an American lady called Ronna Herman and she has been channeling Archangel Michael for a very long time. So that's when I first started realizing, wow, there are people out there that are doing that. And that was, you know, at the beginning of, um, yeah, it was years and years and years ago. So. Um, I had no idea who my personal angels were. I had no idea how to go about it. And so I did what I always do. I just try it out. Now, every technique I've ever come across or any system, um, I don't like things that are complicated unless you can use it intuitively and, and can use it in any given circumstance um, with any person, you know, anytime, anywhere. It doesn't work for me. Yeah, so it has to be, um, something that you can just do without thinking about it. If you have to have master 10 steps in order to do that, I would get confused along the way. So I like things that are simple, that are easy to use. So I try them out and when they work, I integrate them. And if they don't work, then I forget about them. So I start looking at my angels from a perspective of, okay, guys, I'm back. Um, new day, new challenge, new opportunities. So I want you to help me have a great day today. That's how I started working with my angels. And it wasn't long before I realized there were synchronicities showing up, things that wouldn't have worked, you know, things, suddenly somebody calling you out of the blue without any, um, any logical reason to do so. Um, all of these things that are, you know, what you would call a coincidence, there were energies coinciding. And when I recognized the pattern, I was intrigued. And so I started um, meditating more in earnest. Um, these days I meditate by walking my dog and connecting with earth most of the time. So I'm not sitting somewhere 
letting go, but at the beginning, um, I left my body alone a lot. Yeah, not a good idea these days, but um, then at the beginning, um, I started consciously asking for connection, consciously asking for, um, you know, having a contact with my guides. Um, and then I came across a book from a German author, a German shaman, who was looking at um, Germanic shaman traditions, and he mentioned uh, what is known as the secret garden. Yeah, that's an astral place um, that you can connect with um, if you're an old soul. And so I found that key very quickly, and I started spending lots of time in that secret garden of mine. And there I had the opportunity to connect with my guides more or less face to face. Yeah, but the problem was that I was getting entangled in those spheres, in those astral planes. And so it didn't take long for Saint Germain to show up and put me out and say, hey, you need to do this in the body, not, not out there somewhere. Yeah, what you need to do is right here, right now, you need to anchor the energies. You are the body through which those energies are going to come forth. That's why you're here. So now stop fooling around because the astral planes, that's the fourth dimension, by the way, they are um, full of entities that are trying to distract you, that are trying to use your low vibrations, yeah, your uncomfortable emotions, um, trying to incite you into you know, being stupid, to be honest. And so um, Saint Germain was adamant that I needed to get out. And by that time, I was able to um, actually know who I was talking to. And since then, um, I am not constantly in connection. I am not constantly hearing or seeing things. I am clear sentient. Yeah? For me, this is more like an immediate knowing. So, yes, I endeavor to talk to my guides, um, you know, every once in a while, but um, I am not constantly hearing or seeing things. Um, I get the info when I need it, and I'm content with that, because when I realize that this body, this life really is the focal point that is important um, to keep and from this perspective to really live the life that I can live, um, I stopped doing astral travel. I stopped going out of the body all the time. I really did my very best to be in the body, to be present, and you know, to move forward as a unity, not as consciousness that can vacate the body at will all the time. Now, um, yes, it's not easy because um, I wasn't really happy with this body from the very beginning. I didn't really want it the way it was, and. Being as, um, as sensitive and um, overexcitable that I am, I started putting on weight very early because I needed the protection around me. Um, and we are still trying to figure out what the best nutrition for this body is. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, as I said, human being, I have my good days and my less good days. Yeah, that's normal. Uh, but um, if anybody wants to talk to me, they just barge in. Yeah, suddenly I just know. And I have stopped questioning that a long time ago because I realized there's no point. Now, if somebody wants to say something or somebody has something that is important to me or I need to hear something or see something, I get the message. Yeah, I trust that. That's the way that I trust my intuition. I simply accept the fact that my gut knows probably a lot more than I do. 
No, and I don't think that my mental perspective is ruling this life as much as my heart-centered consciousness should. And so um, if I can put my my mental perspective, my ego um, on the passenger side of my car and put the heart-centered consciousness in the driver's seat and really follow my intuition, then that's what I'm doing. Yeah, but we all get distracted at times. That's normal. <laughs> It, you you mentioned this idea of of Jesus as one of the guides, and and obviously that's that's someone or something that almost everyone in the world has some concept of. What is what is that idea or or that that literal word mean to you? Because I think it's it's something that means very different things to different people, and. Um, you know, even here in Peru, in, in many of the indigenous traditions, they, they've they've adopted or taken on that idea of Jesus and incorporated it into their worldview. Um, but but there's so many different ways of looking at that. What what is what is he or or, or that idea of 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 Christ mean to you? Uh, seeing that you you mentioned that as 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 one of your guides or or, or this 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 energy that that actually feeds you information. Well, for me, um, starting out, um, my family was never very religious in any shape or form. Um, it was more like I had a, a fascination with the New Testament and at the beginning, you know, um, was baptized Lutheran and went to a church group to, to learn more about this. But early on, I figured that I don't need a middleman between myself and God. And I started talking to God directly. And um, Jesus, of course, being part of the Holy Trinity, um, came up a lot yeah, in, in the Christian sense. However, um, when I started working for the Ashtar Command, um, and I was starting early on with the work for the earth. And that means that you get to um, yeah, connect with other beings, light beings. Yeah? Um, and so I was working with Ashtar, I was working with, with Soltec a lot. I was working with Sanjaman and um, came across a lot of ascended masters in the process. And I have clear recollections of um, seeing Jesus as Lord Sananda at the time um, on the flagship of, of Ashtashiran, which is anchored above Los Angeles. And it was a very personal experience. Yeah? So at the time was, I don't know, 2005, six or something, um, Sananda was still commander-in-chief of the Ashtar Command, so he had the... Um, his cycle was almost up. Yeah. San Germain has replaced him as Lord Adamus, as Commander-in-Chief of the Ascension process on Earth. And he is the Master of the Violet Ray as well, and of the Violet Flame. And he has taken up the scepter um, in 2012 when Earth ascended. Um, but still, yeah, all of the Masters, the Prophets, uh, all the Holy Spirits, every, um, every religion has their own stories about holy people, sacred people, um, prophets, uh, guides, important people along the way. Um, and it doesn't really matter if it's Buddha or, or Christ or anybody else. Um, the promise was that they would all return to earth in the time of need. And they have in 2012. 
Yeah, they actually can work. However, they don't have incarnations. They don't have a body. But if you look at the past 10 years, the way that channel material has exploded, yeah, all of these masters are using people and are, you know, going into contracts with people that have the ability to channel a certain vibration and bring through the messages, the information that we need. Yeah, sometimes the initiations, the techniques, anything that can help us really come into these higher vibrations, into these rarified uh, vibrations of the fifth dimension that we are entering now. Yeah, so for me, Sananda um, is still very much present. And all of these, including the archangels, including um, all of the galactic people, yeah, most of the light workers are actually starseeds. They have uh, a function being ground personnel for the galactic forces of light being around the planet. And they have always been here. This isn't new. There aren't aliens around us. Yeah? They are always here. and They have always been here. But there is a lot more now because the Earth does require help and so does humanity. Now, so some of those galactic forces have chosen to send their ground personnel to have an incarnation. So we have middlemen. We have people that connect with their galactic heritage, with the Pleiadians, with the Arcturians, with the Lyrans, with anybody else who's out there, all of which are part of the forces of light that are helping us to become more aware of who and what we truly are. Yeah? Divinity that has chosen to expand into a physical reality. Now, and to incorporate and integrate that perspective means we have to accept every single facet of who and what we are. And we are very multidimensional beings. We aren't just a body. We aren't, we aren't just um, subtle bodies that are wound around a physical body. Yeah, we are consciousness that is standing on the precipice where the universe is expanding the fastest. And that warrants a lot of attention. Yeah, from everybody, including Lord Sananda. Yeah, so they are all here all the time. Yeah, if somebody tells me I feel so separate, then the only thing I can say is, yeah, then it's time to connect into your higher self. Then it's time to make room inside yourself for that higher being that you are. Yeah, again, ascension is the descension of the soul into the body. And that means that the soul of ours wants to express with us and through us in this body, in this life, not somewhere out there in the ethos. It's happening right here, right now. And I'm really, um, I'm really excited to uh, have had the opportunity to be sort of, you know, accompanying people along their path for, for a number of years now. And um, some of which are like your friends, um, Marta and, and Alan. And, uh, you know, connecting with them every once in a while and perceiving the way that they are expanding in consciousness, that their vibration is rising, that they are more and more who they really are and expressing more of their soul here on Earth is, is, is such a revelation for me every single time. No, and um, I can't say that I'm really endeavoring to do the same, but somehow it happens anyway. If I say yes to this or no, it doesn't really matter. It does happen anyway. No, um, and when I'm really, really distracted, I just tell myself, well, I must have said yes to this at some point, right? Still here. So the drop isn't done yet. So, yeah, the, the, there's a lot there. Um I think some people maybe are, are listening to this and thinking, wow, this lady might be crazy. She's talking about galactic forces yeah. and, and stars. 
And one of the, you know, one of the, one of the reasons I started this podcast was because also my own fascination with uh, esoteric philosophies, uh, world religion, spirituality, and that was one of the ways I found plant medicine. Um, and I think one of the, the really interesting things about plant medicine right now is there, there seems to be a real focus on, uh, on healing and trauma and things like this, which I think these plants have a, a tremendous ability to, to work on, because I, I think a lot of these base layers are heavy layers, as you said, that, that those are things that, that we, have to, we have to clear ourselves of as long as we're uh, kind of in, a, in an indigenous way, they would say this world is is Maya, or there's a dizziness, and we're lost in that. The, the Spanish word is mariación; it, it literally means seasickness. And as long as we have these these heavy layers, it's it's more difficult to be in touch with those lighter areas. And you mentioned a few things which which I find to be very common in a lot of these indigenous traditions. And one of the stories I was reminded when you were speaking, um, it, it, it comes from a, a guy who I have a lot of respect for. His name is Amika, and he comes from this group of people in the Colombian Amazon called the Tubu people. And, and one of their main medicines, they, they work a lot with plants, but they also work with story because they believe there, there's a tremendous amount of wisdom and teaching and stories and myth and they would say that, you know, eons ago, humanity was suffering and these star beings actually heard the, the suffering of humanity and, and they would say transcended the 12 dimensions of time and space to arrive to this earth. And, and with them, they, they brought these plant medicines uh, to help people remember who they are and where they're from. And those are two things that you mentioned. You, you mentioned this idea of like who we truly are. And, and, and also this idea of, of the soul's agenda is finding our way back home. And, you know, so these are very ancient concepts. Like these aren't kind of new agey, spiritual, modern concepts. These are as old as humanity itself. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that I find really interesting is that so many of these these indigenous or aboriginal traditions point to this idea that that there are these star beings. Uh, I think I, I even heard you mention in, in the other uh, interview that, that Marta sent me was this idea that that indigenous traditions all over the world, they have an idea of spirit. You know, often when they're working with plants, they're calling upon spirit or spirits. Uh, as you mentioned, in, in many of these spiritual traditions, there's ideas of these ascended masters or holy people or prophets. Um, and, and in so many of these different traditions, whether it's Christianity or you mentioned this idea of like, uh, you know, shamanic Germanic traditions and, and speaking of this, this garden, which I think is a, a really common motif of a place where people can go to to receive knowledge. And I think it's something that's often overlooked in, in, in this plant work is that really there is this idea of being able to communicate with spirit to transcend the 12 dimensions, to be able to go home, to remember who we are. One of the things that you also mentioned, which, which I find really fascinating, was this idea of Atlantis and um and that there were these these very advanced civilizations prior to us, and I, I think a lot of the the way we look at the world is this very rational way of 
time is very linear and we must be at the peak of thought of enlightenment of development in this day and age before but one thing that that I, I think all indigenous cultures say is that time is cyclical and that we do go through periods of of enlightenment of of descension ascension and that there were these these civilizations there before us and and that's something i find very fascinating and you know even even here where i am in peru uh so right now i'm i'm in the area of the andes and the andes uh, it, it's a slight mispronunciation. In, in, in older times, it was called the Antis, and it, that was considered a very high developed civilization. And there was another one that was more on the, the coast, which they called the Atla, which you even see, you know, in Mexico, the, the traditional language of the Aztecs was Nuatla, and that, that root word Atla, it means from the water. And so you had these two very advanced civilizations, the Atla and the Antis. <laughs> and it's so fascinating to me that people just kind of glaze over that, you know, you had the Atla Antis people. And so, you know, it seems like you, you have a, a, a connection to these, as you say, ascended masters or spirits. I guess some, I, I, this is kind of a, maybe a long question. I'm not even sure the, the, how to frame it, but is that something you can speak about is, you know, because you mentioned these ideas of these star beings, you, you, you I, I heard you speak about Atlantis. Is that something you can talk about, about um, maybe these, these, these civilizations or these other forms, which, I think to many people seems kind of like a new agey concept, but, but also what I was trying to show is that these are things that in all indigenous cultures all over the world that they're, they're actually speaking about and they're pointing towards and they're saying is actually a vital part of our history. And, and as we forget that, we suffer because in a way we begin to forget who we are and, and where we come from. Yeah. Um, look at it from a different point of view. Um, there is this concept of having light workers on the planet. Yeah? The light workers are the ones that are working with spirituality. They are meditating. They are raising their vibrations. They are quote unquote do gooders. Now, now light workers in, in are people that are here in order to anchor specific vibrations. Yeah? If you look at the energy body, you can see that. Um, the chakras are aligned in a vertical configuration along the spinal column. Yeah? So we are connecting heaven and earth in a way. Yeah? That connection um, isn't limited to consciousness. That connection is also for our subconscious, is also for all the parts that we are, including um, it is used by, um, yeah, by higher light beings as a channel to impart information, for initiations, for downloads. It's, it's used by healers in order to um, connect with the person that needs help in a specific way. And all the light workers yeah, um, are in a place where they are looking for a deeper connection. Yeah? It doesn't really matter from, from which place you're coming, if you're going for plant medicine to have a stronger connection to spirit, to open up your channels, or if you are using um, specific meditation techniques, uh, or if you are praying specifically to certain entities. Um, it doesn't really matter which way you go in any shape or form, it will deepen the connection. 
Yeah, and that connection also means that you gain access to memories. Now, we are a lot more than just this collection of cells. Now, by the way, the collection of cells, those 50 trillion cells that make up your body, does have a consciousness. And that is also something you can connect with. You can talk to yourselves. You can talk with your body. You can find out what it is that you really need, that you that it would make your well-being more pronounced. All of that is about connection. And in essence, you know, the star seeds, all of these, you know, let's say ground personnel for the galactic forces, um, all of them are light workers, but not all light workers are star seeds. Yeah. So all of the representatives and all of the um, incarnations that are here as star seeds that have um, galactic heritage that are either ground personnel or have specific tasks to perform, have specific vibrations to anchor or to pick up. Now, I mean, people that are traveling a lot are usually not aware that every time they travel to some other place on the planet, they are picking up specific vibrations or they're going to holy sites, yeah, old holy sites, old temples, yeah, traveling Egypt. Now, done that myself 10 years ago, and it's like every temple you visit has a different vibration that you sort of pick up and you also add yours. Now, so vibration is the key point here. And the more connection you have, the more you are becoming aware and are also hopefully allowing yourself to become more conscious of those other lifetimes. And I'm not speaking about past, but also about future lifetimes. Yeah, you can come into more connection and more awareness of those other lifetimes um, that you lived. And for me, I am very aware of my lifetimes in Lemuria, in Atlantis, and in this lifetime around, especially in the past couple of years, I have met a number of people that I shared those lifetimes with. Yeah, I am literally reconnecting with people um, that had um, shared um, a specific yeah, traumatic experience at the fall of Atlantis. Yeah. So there are two basic traumatas when it comes to the fall of Atlantis. Everybody who is now back and many of these light workers have that lifetime, have shared that lifetime with the fall of Atlantis. Now, and um, from from my point of view, it, it's different than most people are, um, are talking about this. Uh, we knew it was coming. We could feel things breaking apart, but there were people that um, were let's say the tyrants that wanted to make things happen and there were people, the victims, the victim trauma of Atlantis. Um, I can share my, my part of the blame here. Uh, we tried to prevent the worst, but we just couldn't manage. Now, we knew that um, the big tidal wave was coming. We knew the deluge was coming. And we knew that um, the cycle was up. Every 13,000 years, the cycle is up. And the most exciting part about being on planet Earth right now is that the cycle is up, but we will not experience the deluge that we did every 13,000 years. Yeah. Every high civilization that has managed to survive on the planet to that certain point when the big wave came, you know, when the polar shift happened and our, our shadow sun um, is coming into, um, uh, into our sphere and is sending this huge solar flash, we will maybe... Uh, be affected, but not in the way we used to. It's not going to be wiping out the planet's population this time around. It did so every 13,000 years like clockwork. But this time around, we are going to have an elevation in consciousness. Yeah, it's a completely different storyline. And so all of the people that are 
maybe not even aware of why they are traveling to the places where they are going. They are going there you know, for specific vibrations. They are going there to uh, remember the lifetimes they have spent to remember more consciously um, the bigger part of themselves, to remember, to pick up the pieces they need in order to uh, do what they came here to do in the first place. Now, and it doesn't really um, matter from which point you start. You can start with blunt medicine and, and end up um, doing quantum physics, or you are like me, you are humping and jumping from one point to the next. You are um, intrigued by anything and everything and just dabble in whatever comes your way, if that is quantum entrainment or um, EMF or Reiki or whatever, yeah, no matter what it is, as long as it's, it's interesting and fun and you take a look at it and see, okay, there are things that I can use. Um, I go for it. Yeah, I have also never qualified the source of the information that is coming to me. Yeah, I never really needed a specific being to be my guide. And I don't really care who it is, as long as the information feels true to me. And I feel like, yes, this is beneficial and this is of the light and not of the opposition. Now, as long as it is feeling good to me, I trust it. Now, and it has taken me roughly 20 years to come to that point. Now, isn't something that is done easily. Trusting my gut when it comes to all of these things um, and really using my heart's discernment to figure out what is true for me and what is not true for me. And that can differ from any other person on the planet. Now, perception is key. Yeah? You need to figure out what is a match to who you are, what is a fit to who you are, what can you accept as true and what can't you accept as true. And that is really part of the journey, isn't it? We need to figure out what is a match for me. Now, um, nobody else needs to hold what I believe to be true and what my memories are telling me and what I have as, quote unquote, the images of the experiences I've gone through. Nobody else needs to accept the fact that this is true for me because I know it is. Now, it's part of who I am. It's ingrained on my memory. And when I started um, to have those, those flashbacks to other lifetimes, because certain things were triggered um, or I went to certain places and suddenly, bam, there it was. It's not always fun. Yeah? Remembering being burnt at the stake isn't fun. Definitely not. Yeah? And still, it is part of who I was at that time and it is part of who I am now. And it is also part of why I am hesitant to step out of the shadows and become more visible in this spiritual community on earth. Um, because my experience has been for a number of lifetimes, every time I did, it ended badly. Uh, so, of course, um, in this lifetime around, every time I try to step up and say, yeah, this is me. This is what I do. This is who I am. It's like, oh, oh, somebody is coming around the corner and they are going to torture you and they are going to kill you in the most horrific ways. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, sure. We all have our scars and not just from this lifetime. Uh, and you mentioned um, all the indigenous people on the earth. Most of them do have an origin story that concurs with what the guides are saying and also what the, uh, the Arcturians and the Pleiadians have been uh, saying a lot lately that um, we need to remember that we do have an origin story, that we do have a journey that we went through as humanity and that journey doesn't end here. Yeah, so 
most people are still very much concerned with who they were, what their lifetimes were, uh, what they did when and how they got where they uh, to where they are now. And I say, guys, really, we don't have time to go through every single lifetime and figure out if you were Napoleon or Marie Antoinette in any given moment. We need to figure out how you want to feel and how to anchor the higher vibrations and how to start perceiving this new reality that is already at our doorstep. We need to focus on where we are going instead of where we are coming from. Yeah, it's, it's great to have an overview, but does it really help me feel more confident? Does it help me be more content being who I am in this lifetime? Or does it create a void where it's like, hey, I would rather um, you know, focus on that identity that I had in that lifetime instead of living this one? Now, this is the life we have right now. There is no other moment than now. And everything that is happening and every person I come across and every message and every um, intuition that makes itself known to me um, has only one purpose, to help me come into the next higher version of myself. Now, and it's not about anybody else. This is only about me, my life, yeah? the way that I choose to express myself. Now, so moving into this new vibration, into the fifth dimension that everybody keeps talking about, there's, a, um, yeah, there's something that we need to know. The cornerstones of this new dimension, of this new state of being that we are aspiring to, yeah, that ascension is going to lead us to, is really self-love, self-expression, and self-responsibility. These are the three pillars that the new trinity that we are moving towards. That is the vibration. That is what every teacher on the planet is trying to get us to, to love ourselves for who we really are. Yeah, and in that context, uh, Jesus always says to me, there are no angry people in heaven. Yeah, why? Because angry people feel unworthy of creating heaven on earth. Yeah, now we have been conditioned to believe if we are not 100% perfect, yeah, don't bother trying. Yeah, we have been literally conditioned in a society that doesn't evaluate emotions as something positive. We have been told that not only isn't it good to express those emotions, uh, it would even be better if you didn't have them in the first place, right? Yeah. So we have been told to deny more of half than who and what we truly are. And that is where the problems stem from. Yeah, unless you can truly embrace everything that you are, every single facet of you are, the angry person, the despondent person, the despairing person, um, the, the, um, the, the sad person, the grieving person, if you cannot express any of those feelings, those feelings become a huge blockage. Yeah? And then people can't express themselves anymore. And they're sitting in their own prison. Yeah? And it breaks my heart every single time I see somebody... Now, with, with lots and lots and lots of potential, and they are sitting there, and they have been told to express yourself as a sin. Now, it's, it's really something that um, I think is, is, that is really something that people have to understand. If you are here the way that you are, yeah, and the way that you have experienced your life and everything that has led to this moment, yeah, then there is nothing wrong with you. Everything is right with you. You are precisely who you need to be. You are precisely the vibration, your dominant vibration. Everything that you are is something that contributes to your dominant vibration. And in that moment that you are who you are, you are doing exactly what you're supposed to do because you're having a body on this planet, you're living your life. So start expressing yourself.
Yeah, give yourself permission to be who you truly are. And instead of judging yourself for having emotions that society deems are inappropriate, yeah, start celebrating yourself for them. Yeah, when you start celebrating yourself for them, um, I always feel very ridiculous when I do that. Like when I wake up in the morning and I'm, I already feel like that day has been used. And I tell myself, oh my God, you are so blue this morning. Look at yourself, you are so blue. Wow, this is Olympic. You are really great at feeling so blue today. This is awesome. Yeah, um, I feel totally ridiculous, but you know what it does? It releases the resistance inside me. Now, we are here as human beings. We have the entirety of the emotional scale at our disposal. And that means that all the emotions on it are permissible. Yeah. Um, the moment you leave the body, there is only bliss. There is nothing else. And most of the archangels um, and most of the angels and you know, a lot of the light beings that I have had the pleasure of being in contact with at some point or another, they never had the experience. Yeah, In that sense, Saint-Germain and the Ascended Masters, all of which have gone through physical lifetimes, are different because they know what it feels like. Yeah, they know the word despair, they know what it means, and they know that most people that are searching for something, that feel that divine discontent that you mentioned earlier, that feel like, hey, this can't have been all. Yeah, it's just, life is more than sleeping, eating, and having a good time. There must be more to this. Yes, there is. There is connection. Yeah, and when you strive for connection through whatever means are at your disposal, yeah, you will figure out that there is more to you than meets the eye. Yeah, it's, you cannot not figure it out because the deeper you go into the connection, the more you feel yourself. Yeah, the more you realize, oh, wow, look at this. I didn't even know this about myself. Yeah? And in my opinion and the way that I have perceived my own life, if I was supposed to have certain emotions that I'm not having or if I were expressing things that I shouldn't be expressing, Honestly, if these things were in me, then I think it's, it's still a divine expression because either there is divinity or there isn't. Yeah, you can't have it both ways. Either you believe that there is divinity, um, then everything is divine. Yeah? And if you think something is not divine, that's a personal judgment. Yeah, so I choose to believe that everything that comes my way is here to help me. I choose to believe that there are no coincidences, but that certain things do coincide. I choose to believe that this life has value, that every life on this planet has value. And even though there are people that are killing each other every single second on the planet, those people are projecting outwards what they cannot find within themselves. Yeah. And people that are finding it hard to love or to be loved, yeah, they need to project that outwards because otherwise they don't see the reflection and they cannot come back to themselves. Yeah, this, this is how this is set up. We are using every person on the planet in order to create a collaborative creation. And that creation is also part of who I am. I have chosen people to act as extras in my life and other people have chosen me to serve as an extra in their life. Yeah, that is how this works together. And every person has free reign of what they want to do and what they deem themselves capable of or what they choose or not. Um, and free will still reigns supreme on the planet. And for that, I am very grateful. There is no intervention by the divine forces unless you ask for help. Yeah, unless you relinquish that part of your free will, 
nobody's going to come in and, and tell you what to do. Well, it's not possible. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of points there. I'd I'd love to come back to this idea of free will, of that creative energy, that celebration being a connection to spirit, and and, and this idea you mentioned this trinity of self love, self responsibility, and self expression. Um, before getting to that, uh, I'd like to go back because you you mentioned this thing which, which I think is really interesting, which which ties back to to this idea of these ancient cultures, and you were saying that. This idea of these these, these higher civilizations that um, every three thirteen thousand years there there seems to be this catastrophic event, and that's something that really seems to be being shown now, even in the the quote unquote scientific world, is that you know, almost exactly thirteen thousand years ago was the end of the, the last ice age, the young they call it the young Dryas uh, period where sea levels did rise. And it was interesting because even my father was a geologist and it always seemed that there was this very kind of slow, linear way of looking at time that, that never took into account these kind of catastrophic events that, that we, science again now seems to be showing that, that, that did happen. And one of the things that really fascinated me about these ancient cultures was these seemingly signposts that were left behind these these megalithic structures that had this perfect alignment to stars and these ideas of, of processional cycles and mapping time and they really seem to be not only physical but almost spiritual symbols left behind pointing towards this thing almost like like a book or a guidepost or a warning sign um, is that something you can talk a bit more about when you use this idea of high civilizations? And uh, you, you also mentioned this idea of, of Pleiadians or Arturians, Syrians, Atlanteans, Lemurians. Can you speak a bit more from, from your understanding about who those, the, those people or those energies were or are? Because I think that those, are, those are often terms that people hear, and, and I think there's a lot of confusion around them. So... If that's maybe something you could talk about, obviously from your own experience and your own understanding, but but what do those those high civilizations mean to you, and and what is their importance and significance? I think the most important thing that is showing up for me, especially lately, is that the memories that are embedded in our energy field that are becoming activated now are showing us skills. Um, talents, things that we have brought into mastery that are way out of our present physical reality. Uh, um, Atlantean lifetimes, I had a couple of those in which I was growing and programming crystals a lot. Yeah, so like 20 years ago, suddenly crystal skulls showed up in my reality out of nowhere. And it's like, oh, wow, I know these. Uh, <laughs> I, I, can, I can talk to them. I know the divas of these crystals, yeah. So I um, was lucky enough to have the resources to purchase a couple of crystal skulls. <laughs> and lo and behold, um, they are constantly badgering me to put them on another place or to go here, to go there. And sometimes I allow them um, to help me with the work and I connect with them and um, they connect with me. And it's like a, like an additional channel. Yeah, um, The more you are becoming aware of who and what you truly are, the more your connection will um, literally expand yeah. as we expand in consciousness and this big consciousness that we are, 
that somebody has theorized that 97% of who and what we truly are isn't manifest here on this planet in this body. Yeah, so I think it is safe to say that that divine light being has expanded in consciousness into this physical reality. So the more we are allowing this bigger part of us to come in, the more we are accessing memories from lifetimes in which we have done and experienced and mastered skills and talents that are becoming useful now, because otherwise we wouldn't remember them. Now, um, I still maintain that there is a plan and it's a good one. Yeah, I don't need to know the bigger plan. I only need to know what is the part that I want to play. What is the part that I can say yes to? Yeah, what is it that makes me feel like my heart sings when I do it? Yeah? Crystal programming in Atlantean times was absolutely something that made my heart sing. And so in this lifetime around, when I realized the connection and I got the memories of, you know, having grown and, and cultivated and programmed crystals for technological uses at the time, yeah, in that life, um, it was such a revelation. Yeah? It was so, so much fun. And it was such an exhilarating feeling of suddenly having clear memories of having had a lifetime. Yeah? And when it comes to Lemuria, well, um, the aspect that last had a Lemurian lifetime 26,000 years ago actually manifested. Yeah? Um, I am a walk-in. I am, in fact, the fourth aspect of my big soul that is manifesting in this body. Now, this body has been host to three other aspects of my soul. Yeah? Started out with um, the original Bettina. And when she was 38 years old, um, she went through some shamanic ceremony in which it was about retrieving um, childlike innocence that I never felt in this lifetime. And instead, there was another soul aspect that came in. And that soul aspect was, from the personality, the complete opposite of what that other one was. And the third one that came in, contractual, by the way, it's not a hostile takeover. It's, uh, it's, it was designed this way so that the body could serve different soul aspects. And I know some people realize that there's, uh, that they've had a different or, you know, almost similar experience, yeah, going into hospital and experiencing full anesthesia and coming out of the hospital and realizing they don't really know who the people are that are picking them up. They don't re recognize their family anymore. Now that is a walk-in, yeah. So, um, in my case, it wasn't hostile uh, through anesthesia. In my case, it was contractual. And I went to bed one night knowing that some shift was happening. I had been warned a week earlier that I was leaving. And then the next morning I got up, stood in front of the mirror, and I had this this huge memory of the person that I was. Yeah, I was um, different face, but almost similar features. Um, and it felt like champagne was flowing through my veins instead of blood. And it was such a, such a revelation, such a lightness of being and all the memories that came with it, being that priestess on the Yucatan Peninsula, what we call Yucatan Peninsula today in Mexico, having been priestess in, in that temple, um, connecting, with the uh, the other civilizations connecting with uh, with the guides connecting with the Lemurians with the Pleiadians with everybody else around, it was breathtaking. Yeah? That aspect was certainly one of the uh, more feminine aspects that I have experienced. And when I came in 
12 years ago, it felt like, yeah, okay, I'm the one who has to make sense of all of this. Yeah, so I have the memories, but I don't have the emotional charge of the images. I know what happened, but I don't feel it anymore. And for that, I'm grateful. So I've been charged with making sense of all this and bringing it into some kind of coherence, yeah? making sense of the images, making sense of the memories. Um, and Atlantis, as well as Lemuria, are um, very important because the lifetimes I had there were all about working with crystals, working with higher energies, being more and more in the connection of you know, being uh, consciousness and having a physical experience and also using those, um, yeah, those um, informations and those guidelines and everything um, for the benefit of the community that I lived in and being pretty aware of the galactic people around. And from what I can tell, um, they were always around in some shape or form. You know, there was always some presence. There was always some, somebody there. And even though um, I don't have um, a physical encounter in this lifetime, um, I know on YouTube, if you look at some of the videos, they are still threatening to, um, you know, create a physical encounter um, and, you know, become visible and landing and evacuating people. Well, we are being evacuated. We are sitting on the ship that is evacuating us. It's called Earth. Yeah, it's just the new earth that we need to focus on in order to move forward into the light and have more, yeah, this, um, this new vibration. Yeah, and everybody who had a lifetime in Atlantis, who has a body on earth right now, or who had lifetimes in Lemuria or in other high civilizations, all of these people, yeah, are called on remembering what they achieved, what they mastered, the skills that they can access now. It's not like you flip a switch and you hear a recording. It's more like an intuitive knowing that there's something there and then choosing to have the guts to try it out. Yeah, this is not um, something that you can check your boxes and at the end of the technique, you know, that's the result you're getting. This is more like learning by doing and allowing your innate memories to fill in the blanks. Yeah? And um, I wouldn't want to do that on a stage in front of people, but in private, sure, I access it. I do my best. I try it out. And when I follow my nose, okay, and I follow my nose. So what? Yeah, but um, it is fascinating. And even though all of these images that were less than great, seeing people die and all of these things that are connected with those memories, um, yes, it's part of the deal. And I accept that as a fact because those memories were real. For me, they were a life that I lived. Yeah, it's not this life. This life around, I will use any tool at my disposal. I will use any advantage I can gain to anchor the new energies, to align with these energies, to integrate every single part of me, no matter how horrific it is. Um, and, you know, integrating those soul aspects that have gotten lost along the way isn't really fun. Yeah. But the memories from Atlantis and Lemuria are helping me to do that. And I think that plant medicine, the way that it is um, accessible today, you know, people like yourselves who are, giving the opportunity for Westerners to really experience this and connect with those plant spirits. Yeah, that will help these people to remember more 
of who they truly are to connect with spirit in a way that they couldn't before. And so I think that the more we are able to allow ourselves to access that and allow it in, it's not something that you can just go and say, okay, I'm going to download my lifetimes from Atlantis now. That's now not really how it works. Yeah, but you can set the intention that whatever memories you have yeah, that are connected with the lifetimes you have lived, that those memories should surface in a way that supports you in your journey here and now. Yeah? And setting those intentions will allow a space for that to happen in which way is the best one for you. It's also about appropriateness. When your, your soul doesn't seem to think that at this time it's an appropriate thing for you to do, you will not experience this. And no matter how much you practice the law of attention <laughs> and the law of um, attraction, it's not going to change the fact that your soul thinks, mm -mm, not yet, yeah, <laughs> it isn't time yet. Uh, I think that we can learn a lot from our memories if we allow ourselves to do so. Um, I know there are lots of books about um, channel mediums that have spoken about their experiences in those other um, yeah, realities, if you will. Um, the technology was certainly different. However, what we will hopefully come to realize on the planet is that the way that we have created our civilization um, is not something that can be lasting for a long time. It's not something that will be viable. Um, I remember mostly about the last life in Atlantis that we had this, these um, small communities in which people would support one another and there were different um, different communities all over, but it was sort of a decentralized thing and it wasn't really something that was um, administrated as much as people would come together and, you know, everybody would pitch in what they could best. Um, it was a much more relaxed way of living, yeah? And when I look at these three pillars for the new paradigm, yeah, self-love, self-responsibility and self-expression, if people would start expressing themselves in any given moment as who they truly are, yeah, you would have synergies that are totally unbelievable. Yeah, you would have things like somebody is, uh, is riding a bike to a certain destination, and when he gets there, there is another person there that needs a bike in that moment. So person A gives the bike to person B and person B is driving off until it reaches destination C and somebody is standing there who needs a bike in that moment. And it would simply be a flow. Yeah, it would, it would be a state of, of synchronicity and alignment because you would have the, the connection and the intuitive knowing at this moment that person needs my bike, so I'll give it to him. Yeah, that is the quality that I remember from that last lifetime of Atlantis. Being a community doesn't mean you're just living together. It means that you are in your self-expression and everybody respects your sovereignty as your self-expression while you are respecting the sovereignty of everybody else. Yeah, and then in that moment, you don't need to own the bike. Yeah, the bike is there for everyone and you don't need personal property because it's pointless. Yeah, you have what you need when you need it, yeah, the true definition of abundance, yeah, the inner certainty that whatever you need shows up the moment you need it. Uh, so that is my, my favorite recollection from Atlantis, this feeling of community in a way that allows you personal freedom of expression. So that's a really fascinating point. And um, 
I think it's something that's often overlooked and in, in, in an area in which people get very confused. You, you mentioned this idea of both community and sovereignty. And I feel like often those things are seen as two almost like opposing forces uh, when I, I think I, I see things very similar to you in that way that um, actually they're, they're interrelated and, and they're the same that when there is that emphasis on, on sovereignty, on decentralization, then you actually give communities the, the ability to thrive because those, those two forces aren't separate. Um, and, and also I think there's an aspect, I mean, for maybe lack of a better word, you could call it a spiritual aspect because to truly, to truly trust in life, it, it requires a, a faith or that, that flow state that you mentioned, you know, to really be in a flow means to really accept the world as it is and, and also to accept other people as they are. And, and it goes against that idea of control or like a top down, almost authoritarian approach of, of, I know what's best and, and everyone has to abide by this one way of being. And, and I think even in the past couple of years, I mean, we, we've really seen that taken to an extreme, this, this, this almost like fear and lack of trust in life and, and, a a looking towards a higher authority outside of ourselves to somehow make us safe. And that those three pillars that you, you speak about self-love, self-responsibility and self-expression, the, the one thing they have in common is this idea of, of self that, that, that really, as you mentioned, this time we're in is about going within and, and I think to a lot of people, there's a lot of resistance to that. I think one is maybe fear, like a fear of their own power. There's, there's maybe a fear of that responsibility of, of what that actually entails, because it's much easier to put things on someone else. Um, but then also there's, there's an idea, I think for many people of, of somehow maybe a quality of like selfishness that, that if I'm focusing on myself, I'm somehow not looking after the greater good or that the greater good is somehow apart from my self good, <laughs> that my self good can actually be a sacrifice for a greater good. So even though maybe I'm not looking after myself, that somehow is going to contribute to a greater good, which I think when put that way seems a little silly, but I think many people actually do look at the world that way, that their own self-good is actually apart from, from what is or could be considered a greater good. I think especially the older generations are feeling that um, because we have been really conditioned that other people's needs are so much more important than our own. Uh, and that leads to this feeling of, well, if I'm doing something for myself, I must be selfish. Uh, um, now, what you have to understand is, um, you know, when you, even if you look at, at, the, um, at the, new, the Ten Commandments, it says, love your neighbor as you love thyself. We have been taught to love our neighbors. We have not been taught to love ourselves. Never. Yeah, because even though it's standing still in the Bible, and although the Bible has been edited numerous times, it's like if people really started loving themselves and would put their needs um, at point number one, society wouldn't like that at all. 
Yeah, not the way that we have been um, taught to experience and express ourselves um, under these conditions. Yeah, we have to understand that the, um, the circumstances that we are experiencing on the planet right now, when you look around you and you see what you know, all the bad things that are happening on the planet, and not, not just talking about um, natural disasters, I'm talking about the wars, the atrocities, etc. This is the patriarchy hanging on with teeth and claws. Yeah? So what we have been learning as human beings, especially in the Western world, um, we are supposed to, um, yeah, to do things. We are supposed to achieve things. We are supposed to find a way to get the biggest trophies and to have ambition and to set goals and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, that's the male attribute. That's the, the way that um, we have been taught that, you know, if you want to be something in this world, that's what you have to do. Now, if you look at, at female leaders in governments across the world, what you see is that these women are exhibiting mostly male attributes. Yeah? They, they um, close themselves like, like men. Uh, they're wearing suits. They are not wearing dresses or showing or flaunting the, um, their femininity. Yeah? Quite the contrary. They're trying to blend in with their male counterparts. And so there is this spiritual misconception that, um, yeah, now the patriarchy is ending and we have to go back into the matriarchy. The pendulum will swing in the other direction. Mm -mm. It's not about men going into powerlessness and women becoming powerful. That's not the storyline. What is the, um, the intention is that every human being on the planet should start balancing out male and female energies inside of themselves. Yeah, we need to come into balance by accepting the female attributes, um, not becoming the victim of what other people need, but discerning when I love myself first and foremost, how can I give to that person what that person needs in that moment without denying myself? Yeah, we don't have to deny ourselves. We don't have to serve anybody else. And it's not about selfless service anymore. Selfless is about being less of who you are. Yeah. Now, if we really want to express ourselves and really love ourselves 100%, then your own needs and desires are priority number one. Because the interesting fact is the moment that you are free to express yourself and love yourself and you are taking really 100% responsibility for everything that shows up in your life. And I'm not saying you caused all of that. I'm saying you're sharing a resonance with it because that's why it shows up in your life. Yeah. So if you are actually allowing yourself to be who you truly are in any given moment, yeah, then you are free to be there for others, because in that moment, it's not a hardship, you are not losing energy, you can do whatever you feel is in alignment with who you are, you can support that person without needing something from that person in return. Yeah, you are free to serve in a completely different fashion. Uh, and that is really something that hasn't sunk in yet. People think that, oh, I, um, I'm so spiritual, and I have to go into service now. Yeah, I'm here to serve. Yeah, sure. You can you can do that. Yeah, but if you really want to serve and you want to be there for other people, you cannot allow yourself to spend all your energy for others and getting sick in the process. 
Yeah. Um, there's a reason why they say in airplanes, put on your oxygen mask first and then help others. Yeah. So start with yourself. Look at, can you really accept yourself for who you are? Can you really love yourself even and especially if you're not feeling so hot? Yeah. Because that is when you really experience this feeling of, wow, look at this. I got a double chin. I love that double chin. It's mine. Yeah, I got this. This is my very special double chin. And even though my grandmother had it and I inherited this, it's still mine. It's my individual mark. Yeah, I don't especially relish this face, but that's the face I've got. So I'm going to love every single bit of it, every single hair on my face. The fact that I'm wearing glasses, the fact that this hair is getting silver now, everything of it. Yeah, it's part of who and what I truly am. So I'm not going to make any compromises in that direction because I understand and I also have the experience when I first started doing energy work that if I am not at really full power with my own energy field, yeah, if I can't allow the energy to flow through and I have blockages, then I can't help anybody else yeah, because I would be limited in the way that I could help that person. I can't be blocked when I want to help other people unblock themselves. Doesn't work. Yeah. I have to live my authenticity. I have to be who I truly am because otherwise I can't do this work. I cannot help anybody else unless I have figured out how to do this for myself. Yeah. It won't do. Yeah. So it's like, okay, um, do it, go for it and stop judging yourself for being, I don't know, unsuccessful, inept, not being able to do it. Um, when I first started really consciously setting the intention, okay, I'm going to love myself. I just couldn't bring myself to say the words. I was standing in front of the mirror. I couldn't say the words. Yeah. We have not been taught that loving yourself is literally a prerequisite for loving others. Yeah, and how are you going to love your reflection if you can't actually say it to yourself? It's, it's, it doesn't really work. All of this hangs together. We are one big community that has to learn that my needs, my requirements, my desires are worth just as much as my neighbors. Yeah, so if I respect my neighbors' needs and desires and I help out there, why can't I do this for myself? No, yeah, this is really, um, it, and self-worth is one of the, the biggest things. Allowing yourself to, to literally not just believe, but understand and feel that you are enough. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah, you are a human being having a human experience and there's a bigger part. How much you can connect with that bigger part, how much you can do with that. In this moment, this is who you are. Yeah, no matter if you have 5% connection or 500, it doesn't matter. In this moment, this is who you are. So take this moment and do the best you can. That's the only thing you can do. Now, the personality, me, this little me, this woman sitting right here in front of the computer screen um, may feel inadequate and I may feel that like I'm an imposter because yeah, for me, this is normal doesn't matter for the person that I'm working for in that moment, it makes a difference. And that's all that matters. Yeah. So I will be who I am in that moment. I will connect with any other being on the planet one-on-one. -on -one. If that being has a body or not, that's all the same to me. 
I don't make that distinction anymore because I can connect with the higher self of the client. I can connect with the personality. I can connect with the person's angels or guides or with whoever. Whatever is needed at that moment is what matters. No? And I can do the same for myself. So even if I feel like, wow, you really, this, this wasn't good. Yeah? <laughs> what made you do this thing? This is awful. Um, even if I would like to beat myself up about it these days, it's like, yes, and I'm going to love myself nevertheless. Yeah, I need to do this for myself. If I want to help anybody else, it starts with me. Creation is happening from the inside out. I am first cause. The vibrations I'm sending out is what I see reflected on the outside. If I don't like what I'm seeing on the outside, I have to start with myself and change my vibrations. Yeah, um, fighting against the circumstances is not going to change anything. It will only make the circumstances more powerful. Yeah, it will only cement what I don't want. So my question is always the same. How do you want to feel and where is your focus? Yeah? Energy flows where attention goes. So what is it that you are wanting to experience? What is the feeling that you would like to have more of in your life? Yeah, stop looking behind you. Start looking where you're going. Uh, and that, that is the message and remains the same. Um, that's the only thing that really matters. And the way that you feel about yourself, the more you feel aligned, meaning you feel good in yourself. You don't have much on your mind that is about, I have to change this or that. Yeah, The more you can be at peace with yourself, the more you are in this way aligned and the well-being is more pronounced. Yeah, the easier it will get because that means the more you feel good about yourself, the more you are in alignment with what your soul really wants. Yeah, the experience that is wanted, the soul plan, if you so will. Uh, so, yeah, um, finding ways to create new community for me always starts with self-love. Now, and if I do love myself, I don't need to dominate anybody else. I don't need to hog any possessions. Yeah, I don't even need to have, in quote unquote, that much money because I know um, I am in connection. And if there is something that I require, then it will show up in some shape or form. Yeah, sometimes in 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 um, in physical reality, in terms of yeah, there is money, you can do this now. Or sometimes somebody says, yeah, you know what, you don't have a car right now. Okay, um, I've got one from my dad. He can't drive it anymore. Take it. Happened to me a couple of times. Yeah, what, what is needed shows up, but as long as I qualify how I want this to show up, yeah, I'm in trouble. Yeah, um, and having to accept help in this way is also allowing me to yeah, um, understand the fact that, yes, the universe is supporting me. If I can allow this to happen, as it is the best experience for me and everybody else concerned, yeah, this is... Uh, cooperative endeavor. We are all here to experience growth. Yeah, everything is here to help us grow as a human being and consciousness, um, being more aligned with our bodies, being more aligned with being in harmony with the planet, being more aligned with everybody else around us. Doesn't really matter. Alignment is really the name of the game. So the more I can allow myself to even laugh about myself and say, goodness, what did you do in that moment? That doesn't really make much sense anyway. <laughs> now you really screwed the pooch. Okay, then that's what I was in that moment. Yeah, all right, fine. I'm a human being. I'm allowed to make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. And so 
we are not happy as a species because if people are happy and people are at peace, they are not moving from where they are. Yeah, growth will not happen if people are standing exactly where they are and are not moving and are not changing. So um, all the adversity here is sort of geared. Yeah, that's the um, that's the window dressing we need in order to take the next step on the journey. And even though we experience that at painful, yes, there is a lot of pain in my journey, just as much as in anybody else's. There is a lot of memory of pain. There is going to be more pain in the future, but that's not all there is going to be. Yeah, we have a choice in, in the way that we judge our experience. The experience doesn't care if I like it or not. Yeah, so what my, my personality wants, what I would like to have, yeah, have um, things easy and elegant and showing up for me and not having to do anything and not having to move from my position. Uh, that's not going to happen. So I can only control my attitude towards the change that is happening around me, yeah, what is showing up in my life. I can either say, um, I'm going to fight against this. I don't like this. I don't want this. I'm, um, I'm going to make different choices. This is not what I want. Or I can allow that whatever is showing up in my life has a connection with me. Yeah, And there may be something to learn or there may be something that I can integrate as a new insight. Yeah. And I can say, no, okay, this wasn't the greatest experience I've ever had. However, I learned something. Okay, good. Yeah. And let's leave it at that and take the next day as it comes. Yeah? And being a moody person by, um, you know, by my star sign, yeah, cancers are generally very moody and not very confrontational in nature. It has taken me a long time to wrap my hand around it. And not every day it is easy for me, but the way that I experience life, um, I can say for certain that I am really looking forward to where we are going instead of um, evaluating how we got here. Yeah? What I'm seeing around me right now are the circumstances that are the consequences of what I have thought and felt and done until now. Doesn't mean they're going to be the same tomorrow. Yeah? And if I want to change something and I want to move forward, then I really have to take charge. I have to set intentions about what it is that I want to experience. What is the direction that I'm choosing? Yeah, I don't have to be completely detailed, but at least I have to make sure that I know that's the feeling that I'm shooting for. That's what I would like to have more of in my life. Yeah? Because being a human being on this planet right now, you are the one who calls the shots. Yeah, you are the one through which the manifestation happens. Your consciousness, your mind, your body is key. Yeah, that's the anchor of the new energies. So you have all the power, you have the sovereignty to decide how you want to live your life, what you want to do with it. Yeah, um, how you choose to show up for yourself or for others. Yeah, what you choose to believe. You have total freedom. Uh, to determine what you want to believe and what you don't want to believe. And so that's the free will. Yeah? Um, I have this, this, this nice example of free will. So if you imagine standing in a room that's completely dark and the only thing you have is a flashlight in your hand and what you see in the beam of that flashlight is what you believe your reality is. Yeah? Quantum physics tells us everything around you in that room also exists. Yeah. However, you're not aware of it because you're only aware of what you see in the beam of that flashlight. That is your perception, your focus. 
And then you have a choice. Free will says, if you don't like what you're seeing in the beam of that flashlight, then you take that flashlight and point it somewhere else. That is your free will at work. That is the choice you have. You cannot control other people. You cannot, even if you manipulate them, you will never be able to control other people. The only thing you can control is yourself. And control in the sense of being more who you really are, allowing more of the bigger part of you to shine through, yeah? being able to allow more of the reality yeah, of the bigger part of the world to become more part of your reality, letting it through. Yeah? You will never ascend by pushing for it unless there is a balance and an alignment in you with your higher self, with the earth, uh, with your environment, with everything that you are, you know, you're not gonna go get there. It's not possible. That's one of the reasons why many souls are choosing to leave the planet right now. Yeah? The contrast of these high vibrational energies that are coming in, um, it's simply too much for many people to move forward. And there is no scripture that says you have to go all the way in one lifetime. So basically there are stages of ascension, there are stages of consciousness and everybody chooses how far they wanna go. Yeah? And if a soul chooses to leave the planet right now because the contrast and the vibration and the requirements are simply too much for that body or for that soul to handle, then that person has the option to come back at a later time when the vibrations on the planet are a lot higher and start from a different perspective. Uh, that's part of the deal. You are, this isn't a prison. You can come and go as you choose. Uh, if you don't want to stay, okay, then go and come back later. You will come back later, that's for sure. But you have a choice. Uh, and since taking my life is not an option because then I have to come back and do it all over again, I would rather choose to make this life the best that I can. And maybe even enjoy myself along the way. Yeah, beautiful. Can you speak a little bit more about that idea of, of, of free will and choice? Because I think that's an area where almost everyone struggles a lot. This idea of, of action versus inaction, acceptance versus action. And, and I think so many of these spiritual traditions point to this idea of peace as this, this very high, if not the highest state we can achieve, which is as you mentioned, not fighting against circumstances, really accepting this idea of flowing. And, and I think you, you, you mentioned it really well. I mean, one, even this example, like of this uncomfortability of the body, which can be a, you know, a, um, we can take action that, that allows a certain protective mechanism to come. Yeah. I think you mentioned really wisely too this idea of often in, like in many of these indigenous traditions, they're, they're, they often say that, that one of the reasons we suffer is because we've forgotten our roles. We've forgotten who we are. And I think you said it very wisely, this idea of like female leaders and thinking that because there's a female leader, somehow it's going to be different. And yet the energy is the same. If the energy is coming from a place of control or domination, which mm -hmm. we would attribute more as masculine aspects, then the outcome is the same. It doesn't matter who's, who's bringing that energy, but it seems like what people are forgetting is that there's a different role, like a, a man and a woman have a different role. And I think there's a lot of 
confusion around that. Like people in a way from that indigenous point of view, we've forgotten our roles. We've forgotten maybe what those inherent energies are. We've forgotten what those gifts that, that even each individual has. And when we become disconnected to that, we begin to suffer. And uh, this is kind of a long question, but I guess it's, it's around this idea of where is that balance between that idea of free will, which, which many people would even resist that, this idea that we have choice, that we have free will, and taking action versus this idea of accepting things the way they are and, and, and not taking action? Well, it really depends on the situation, doesn't it? Um, when we are looking at the classic female attributes, yeah, like um, the nurturing, the caring, the gentle, the life-giving qualities. Um, we are forgetting that allowing is a part of, of the female qualities. Yeah, We do require the other side of the equation as well. We do need the, the male attributes because the male side is the action side. That is where um, you take the action steps. Yeah, You need both those qualities. And it is a matter of discerning what is needed in any given situation. Are you going for something? Are you pushing for something? Are you trying to make something happen? That would be the classic male dominance scenario that everybody is trying to make work for themselves. Yeah, But if you look at the situation and you first ask yourself, okay, is this something that really requires action or is it something that requires me to allow this to be there the way it is right now because at the moment I don't feel like I have an impulse to do something about it. Now, um, and not doing something isn't the same as allowing. Yeah, If you are truly allowing something, that means you are in alignment with this being as it is. You are just allowing things to be as they are. You don't need to go into an active acceptance. Uh, it's two different things. Accepting something means that you are resigning to the fact that there is something there that you don't want to be there. That is acceptance. Yeah, If you go into allowing, that is um, the different spectrum. That is actually saying, okay, you know what? This is actually the best circumstance to show me certain things. This is allowing me to become more aware of who I am in this moment, to get more connected with what it feels like to be on earth in this moment, what it feels like to be in this body at this moment, checking on my left big toe, seeing if my left big toe is actually in connection with my consciousness, Yeah, if I can feel myself in this moment. Yeah, many people have no idea what they feel like in their bodies. Um, and I know that for a fact, because for me, that was the same thing. I had to learn to connect into my physicality, yeah, simply because I didn't like this body. So I wasn't really happy about being here and being present in the body. I chose to be more in the physical body, uh, in, in the energy body than in the physical body. Now, and allowing for what is means that I am choosing to be in alignment with the situation from the perspective of the soul rather than the perspective of the personality. Yeah? Um, moving deeper into heart-centered consciousness means, in fact, that we are looking at things from a different viewpoint. We are looking at things from a perspective of what can I learn in this moment? How is this going to help me move deeper into who I truly am? How is this going to help me express more of who I am, love myself more? Yeah, It's a different agenda of sorts. Now, so um, I think that it is not about 
being more feminine or being more masculine. It's about accepting and allowing for the fact that, yes, we all have both sides of the, of the coin. We, as a, no matter if I have a female or a male body, I do have female and male energies. Yeah. And it is a question of what am I most using? What is dominant in me? What is, is it that I'm expressing most? Yeah. What is taking most of my, my patterns, my habits? Yeah. Do I have more, more male habits? Meaning like, okay, no matter what it is, I have to do something about it. Um, yeah. Something I don't like. I take a, a big sign and go and take to the streets. Or um, am I more uh, kind of person like, okay, this is not a circumstance I find particularly enticing. However, if this is what is, then I will see what it does, where this is taking me. And maybe this can turn out to be an interesting learning curve. Uh, this is, um, we need both of this. Yeah. If I break my leg, I will go into action because then I need um, someone who is going to help me get that healed. I need a, if, I, if it happens somewhere uh, on the outside or I have an accident, then I do need people to help me. Yeah. If I produce physical ailments, if my body is suffering in any shape or form, I can't afford to sit there and say, oh, what's the energy doing right now? Would I rather allow this, um, this problem, this, this break in my ankle to proceed? Or would I like somebody to help me? Of course, I like somebody to help me. My body has a problem. My body needs help. Uh, um, isn't it interesting that there is this discussion about uh, male and female attributes and, um, you know, trying to incorporate more of the divine feminine when we are mostly unconscious of the fact that we are dominant in either one or the other direction and our, our patterns, our behavior has already been sort of ingrained on our subconscious mind. So it's happening automatically. Yeah, you're not questioning the way that you drive your car once you have um, integrated that knowledge and the patterns and the behaviors allow you to do that automatically. Yeah, once you know how to drive a car, you are not questioning how to do this every time you drive your car. You're just doing it. Yeah, it's the same with all the patterns that we have created in this lifetime the way we have conditioned, the way that we have been brought up, the way that our life has unfolded until now. So there are patterns that are in place. Yeah. So now there's this idea, okay, now we, we want to move towards peace. Peace is the ultimate achievement. Yeah. Honestly, from the point of view of a soul that wants more and more experiences to evolve and to grow and to have more experience rather than less peace, is the opposite of what that soul wants. Yeah, peace would represent stagnation. And in fact, peace isn't the opposite of war. The opposite of war is connection. Yeah, because when you are connected, you don't need to dominate anybody else. You don't need to take from anybody else because you know you have this inner certainty that what you need will show up. Now, in that moment, you don't need peace. Yeah, peace is great, but peace is actually stagnation. It's being there and that's it. End of story. Now, what you want is connection because connection allows you to be orientated towards what is happening on the planet. No matter where you are, no matter where you're going or what country you're in or what you're doing, if you are connected, you are in the flow. If you are connected and you are a bit conscious of that, you're following your intuition. When you follow your intuition, you're going to have the experiences that 
are beneficial, yeah, even and especially if you are not conscious of the fact that that is so. Yeah, if you're following your guidance, yeah, your intuition, um, and it doesn't turn out so well, then the personality is like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I should have done with what I thought was right. Yeah, but the soul is like, yay, new experience, great, <laughs> fantastic, that's what I wanted. Yeah, so um, I think that we are looking at many things, especially when it comes to spirituality, from a viewpoint of um, rigid thought patterns, things that have been working for thousands of years, but we are in a different paradigm now. It no longer works the way it used to before. Yeah, we need to adapt by actually accepting the fact that, yes, things are not going back to normal. Yeah, we are in a time of tremendous change. That's the only certainty you have, that things will continue to change. And so wouldn't it be more um, fun and more, you know, um, um, a life of fulfillment and, um, and adventure to say yes to this change and say, okay, I'm going to flow with it as much as I possibly can. I'm going to uh, um, allow that this change, that this, this uh, constant barrage of high vibrational energies that we are experiencing is actually something good because it allows me to expand in consciousness. Yeah, it allows me to become more aware of who I am. It allows me to express more of my soul through this body. Yeah, wouldn't that be actually the, the easier way instead of saying, oh, I want peace, because then it's like, okay, you got peace. Now what? Yeah, there was a, um, an episode of the X-Files, one of the, late, the last episodes, I think, of the X-Files, in which uh, one of the main characters was actually asking for, for peace on the body, on the world. Yeah, like th that person wanted world peace. And... You know, I don't know if this was a dream scenario or something, at least um, the wish was granted and it turns out he was the only person on the planet. Yeah, that was peace. So if you have a second person on the planet, mm -mm, no peace. Yeah, because there's going to be a co-creation and there's going to be experience and there's going to be changes. Yeah, that's what life is. It's a journey. It's not supposed to end prematurely by saying, okay, I'm at peace now. No, not in this way. Yeah, so I think that we have to uh, accept the fact, if we want it or not, that the way that things are going on this planet, the light has already won. Yeah, it's just a matter of changing our perception towards what it is that is coming now. There is no manual. Yeah, for the old paradigm, there are holy scriptures, there were lots of prophets, there was a lot of information, how to do this, how to live life, how to follow the scriptures, how to do this and that and the next thing. That's no longer the case. And, you know, um, if you look around, there hasn't turned up a new scripture in which it says, oh, this is what you need to do. Um, this is the boxes you need to check. And that's the practice that you need to do in order to really get into uh, this new paradigm. We're making this up as we go. Why? Because it's an individual process. Everybody contributes. Everybody is part of the plan. Every person has a signature resonance, and that signature resonance is like a specific note in a divine symphony. And without that specific note, the whole symphony falls flat. Every single person is needed. Yeah, But it, nowhere it says that that person needs to be consciously aware of what's going on. Yeah, Most people will never get it. And they don't have to. 
there is no need for everybody to get it. There is only a need for people to realize that as long as they are more aligned with what's going on in their heart, as long as they are allowing their feelings, as long as they are doing what feels good to them, yeah, as long as they are in alignment with who they are, because that's literally what is feeling good means. Yeah, everything is all right. They don't need to know. There is no mental condition here. Yeah, it's all about, yeah, allowing ourselves to be more of who we are, you know, and as a light worker, you are called towards becoming more aware, to um, questioning what is, to try to get an understanding. And the understanding is only needed because your conscious mind wants a reference point. Yeah, otherwise you wouldn't need understanding. Um, I have met people who are so deeply ingrained in faith that they don't need to know why. They're just going with what feels good. Yeah? And that is something that I would dearly love to emulate if I can get myself to get to that point. Yeah? Um, for me, the experience comes first. I am always going through the experience and the explanation why and what and how is coming afterwards. Yeah? For me, it's always been this way. Uh, from the very first moment that I heard the name Jesus um, to this very moment here and now, it happens and then it's like, oh goodness, <laughs> now what? Yeah, and it doesn't matter if it's standing in the middle of Stonehenge and getting a huge, massive download um, and trying to figure out what that was or, you know, just walking my dog, being in, in the middle of the countryside and just experiencing this enormous connection, just feeling like, wow, I am the planet, I'm the rest of the universe, I'm all of it at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's the experience is always thing that is experiences what's happening in that moment with all my senses. And then later on, it's like, hmm, okay, what was that? <laughs> what am I going to do with this? Uh, and I would wish that more people would go into that sense of allowing. Yeah, because um, in my experience, spirituality isn't something that you do on the weekends. Spirituality is a state of being. Now, um, and that state of being becomes a lot more interesting if you take the female attributes into consideration, if you start really looking at, in this moment, do I take action or am I going to allow what is and then see what happens to me? Yeah, putting my hand on my heart and just feeling for a moment before I start thinking about something. Uh, that's the way that I go about it. I put my hand on my heart, I close my eyes, and I just feel and breathe. So I connect with my essence in my center before I take action. Now, um, anything else doesn't work for me anymore. So, yeah, um, I am endeavoring to be more balanced. I am looking at the male and female energies and my clients, getting them more into balance. But it's been my observation that especially the women are very on the male side, yeah, a lot of the time. And they are very masculine in their approach to life. And that's a matter of having been told you have to achieve things. Now, what more can you achieve than be aware of your own divinity? No, I don't know. But everybody has their own agenda and that's fine. Yeah, everybody has to do what is right for them. Yeah, and this interesting tapestry that we are weaving here, this multidimensional fabric that is really expanding the universe because God watches for every single one of us. Um, I think it's it's the most beautiful creation you can imagine you know, because it is so versatile, because there are so many things that a single person can experience. Uh, 
That's why are so many souls are trying to get on the planet. I mean, why has the population of the planet uh, doubled in the past 100 years? Why? Because there are so many souls that want a piece of the action. Uh, and it's totally understandable. But of course, all of these people and lots of them are now living in areas where natural disasters are pretty much um, a fact of life. And not all of them are going to stay a long time. That's also a fact of life. Uh, and so they come back later and they pick up where they left off last time around. Uh, um, Honestly, I'm not really connected so deeply into this body that I think that um, this is the only thing that matters. Um, as I said, my problem isn't getting out of the body and getting into spirituality or the other way around. Yeah, I have to get into the body and be present in my cellular structure and connect with whatever is going on there. Um, if I let go, I would probably be gone in a heartbeat. Uh, but my job is to be here. So... That's what I'm going with. And most of um, the things I told you about um, isn't really something that is showing up on a daily basis. It just is. Yeah? It's something that I picked up along the way. Um, things that are experiences, things that are insights, things that have been uh, filled in by anybody, my guides, the masters, whoever is around. Um, and of course, you know, things that are happening at night when mass conscious is more quiet and I get my, my orders where to go and what to do. Um, those are also times that I connect deeply with the earth and, and spirit. But not all of that is 100% conscious. It's more like it's happening in a different dimension. And yeah, sometimes I get the memo and sometimes I don't. I mean, I've had people call me like, hey, I've been here and there and I saw you and why didn't you come over? Uh, probably because I was still in Germany at the time. <laughs> yep, okay. The bigger part of me has its own agenda. I had to, um, you know, find a way to arrange myself with that. But that's also fun. Yeah. Sometimes when you realize, okay, you really have no idea what is going on on the other side. Fine. Okay. Have it your way. If you need to know something, do let me know. <laughs> you, you spoke about this idea that we're going somewhere, that, that we're in this time of, 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 of great change of this ascension time. And it also reminded me of in the beginning, you were saying even in your own journey, when you started, it was a bit difficult because there, there wasn't a lot of information it wasn't like you could go on social media or even the bookstores. Mm. Now it seems like there's an abundance of information and there, there's information everywhere. And, um, obviously there, there's a really good quality about that. It also seems like maybe one of the drawbacks is that people then become a bit less reliant on their own intuitive sense or the, these three pillars that you were mentioning, like this idea of self-expression, of, of self-responsibility. I, I guess the question is, is, is where do you, where do you see things going? And, and those, those, those three pillars that you mentioned, do you think those are, are really fundamental things that people need to begin to take into account in the journey where, where you see things moving towards? I think that we will hardly have another choice in the long run because without really steering the ship in that direction, uh, we will not be able to manifest the kind of life that these energies um, are here to make us experience. 
Yeah, um, unless you really move into self-love first, everything else is sort of building on that. And if you really want to look at what is happening right now, you will realize that lots of the systems that we have taken for granted uh, before COVID hit, definitely, um, th these systems are falling apart. Yeah, All of these systems that we were... Um, that was normal for us. All of this really no longer works and it's becoming more and more apparent. Um, and every country has their own way of experiencing this certainly. However, there is a collective change happening. There is change happening culturally in every single country. Um, the most important question for a person is, okay, um, if all of these things are changing and happening, what am I going to do with this? Yeah, How do I see my life moving forward? And self-responsibility in that context means that you are allowing for the fact that whatever change is coming um, has a reason to be there. And the only question is, okay, what is the experience that I would choose in this instance? How do I want to feel you know, moving forward? How am I going to make things work? Um, but really asking yourself, do I actually appreciate the fact that there is a part of me that really wants to have a punching bag right now and, you know, go rampant. Um, Self-love is going to be the most important quality. Everything else, um, expressing yourself, who you truly are, allowing yourself to express who you truly are, all of these things are coming from there. And the more the things are falling apart, the more these old systems are literally falling to pieces, the more the people that are coming here with certain light codes encoded in their energy field that are the, the messengers that are bringing in new information, that are bringing in the new uh, systems, yeah, the new way of existing, yeah, the new paradigm information. Those people are already here. They're called millennials. Yeah, they are carrying the light codes, yeah, the crystal children, the rainbow children, the indigo's time. I'm an indigo. Those in, the, the indigo times are over. Yeah, we are literally here to anchor the energy. But those that are building the new systems are the people, the young people that are coming after us now. The young people that have been starting with a vibration that is beyond anything I could imagine in my life. Now, I mean, um, I was born in 1966. Uh, when I saw the first computer, I was 15. Yeah. And look at people now. I mean, they get their first smartphone when they are two. Yeah. So it's like they are born astronauts. <laughs> they are literally, uh, they cannot even imagine what life would be without that technology. Yeah. If you ask somebody who is, um, 15, 18, 20, um, do you know what a Walkman is? That person would look at you like, what? What's that supposed to be? Right? Yeah, they are coming in with completely different vibrations. They are coming in with the building blocks for the new reality, for the new systems, for the new way that society can be set up with new technologies that are going to allow us to get the planet back into alignment, into balance, to help nature recover, etc., etc. But before those old systems are not crumbling, there is no room for the new to emerge. Yeah, so those light bringers that are coming in with the building blocks of the new realities, they are having time to develop their gifts, yeah, to become aware of themselves and to acknowledge the fact that they are here to build something new. 
Yeah, um, and they are coming in with their own challenges um, about consciousness and about developing into the human 2.0. And so I think that everybody who is moving into consciousness more firmly, everybody who is seeking, yeah, everybody who really is looking for spirit to enhance their lives, uh, to become more of who they are, to fill that void in their heart that tells them there is more, this can't have been all. Everybody who is, say, on the way yeah, to becoming more of themselves, becoming more aligned, um, they will have the opportunity to experience more self-love and will, they will soon realize that without self-responsibility and the opportunity to express yourself, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, we need the three pillars and that will allow us to actually perceive the planet, society, humanity, transforming in a couple of years yeah, in front of our eyes. And I think that every person needs to decide for themselves if they want to be a part of that, if they want to contribute, if they want to be aligned. Um, and the only thing they really have to do is start looking within. Yeah, What people are seeking isn't outside of themselves. It's on the inside. Yeah, And all the teachers and all the information, everything that is available at your fingertips, Yeah, all those people standing in front of a camera and creating videos on YouTube and telling the world what is happening, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And every person needs to find the channel that's the right one for them. Yeah, it's like the same thing with nutrition. You will not find a one-fit-all nutrition. That's not possible. Everybody is different. And so in the same way, every being is different. And that is also why you need so many different healing modalities, because there is no one-fit-all. Everybody needs to find what is um, appropriate at that time. Yeah, and that leads you to a new healer, a different healer, a different healer, a different healer. And then suddenly it's like, oh, look, my journey has been, I've been doing that and that and that and that, and now I am here. This is all contributed to where I am today. Yeah, and honestly, perfection is something that doesn't really compute because it's not about perfection. It's about being real. Yeah, it's about, you know, life is messy and it's going to stay messy. Yeah, so there is no world peace. Yeah, that would defeat the object. The object is suspension. The object is not just being. Yeah, yes, we have times in which just being is a blessing. Yeah, in which you feel like, hey, I'm really exhausted right now. I would like a break. Yes, of course, that's part of the process. Yeah, we would like a break every now and again. We would like time to really go within and just be with ourselves for a couple of days or even a week or even longer. Yeah. Uh, however, and then there comes the time of activity again, and then you get triggered or you get um, an impulse to do something or you get this feeling of like, wow, I'm going to go outside and something will show up. Uh, um, life is what happens when you're having other plans. Yeah, the sooner you start loving yourself, the sooner you are in a place to say, oh, great, new experience. Hmm, wasn't exactly what I expected, wasn't exactly what I wanted, but there it is. All right, let's see what it does. Let's see what it happens within me. Let's see what it shifts. Let's see what it does to my perspective on life. Let's see what it does to my perspective about that person. Yeah, let's, let's really just allow for this to happen and then we'll find out, yeah, what was it good for? Uh, so... Allowing is really key. Yeah? And if I look at all the masters that are here, um, 
especially the Essene tradition, um, you know, Hathor, Isis, Mary Magdalene, Mother Mary, um, all of these are in the Essene tradition um, and they are deeply connected with the Syrians. Um, you know, we are all enmeshed and entangled in some sort of, yeah, cultural identity, religious identity, um, family identity, whatever it is. Um, but moving forward, blood family isn't as, as important as soul families. Yeah, moving forward, being um, aligned with your heart means that you are spending time with the people that allow you to be who you truly are. You know, that you're connecting with people that don't need you to be anybody else in order to serve their own ego. Uh, one of the reasons why so many relationships and, and friendships are falling apart is that the way that people uh, conduct themselves is like they are trying to get from the other person what they cannot find within themselves. Yeah, And that's not a good recipe because you're constantly putting pressure on the other person to be something that they're not. Yeah, or to give they give you something that they can't give because it's not their own. Yeah, um, if you love yourself, if you really look at that, if you really start looking at okay, this is me. Yeah, and that's fantastic. That's just what it is. This is fantastic, and you start from there. It doesn't have to be like wow, I am this enorm uh, enormous magnificent light being. Yeah. It's, if you can't feel it, then it doesn't make much sense. Uh, but if you start with yourself and you start with gratitude, for example, yeah? biggest catalyst you can have, gratitude, because it's a little sister of love. If you start focusing on all the things that you are grateful for, yeah, then you're literally shifting your focus away from what you feel doesn't work towards what works, yeah? what is good, what makes you feel good about yourself. Uh, um, there are so many different ways that you can allow yourself to look at what feels good instead of what you don't like. Now, fighting against windmills is not going to get you into a better place. Yeah? And I think that when we become more intentional about how we approach the day, how we approach any single task, yeah, like doing the dishes, try doing the dishes, being 100% present with those dishes, experiencing your hands as they are doing the dishes, feeling the water, um, the, the soap, anything, being conscious, fully, fully consciously manifested in that moment doing the dishes. That's meditation. And it isn't easy, yeah? but it is the point to start. Pick up your coffee cup in the morning with the other hand. You're creating new neural nuts, and a moment later, you're a new person. It really is as simple as starting with yourself. Nobody else can do that. Nobody else can take responsibility for your life. You're the only person who can do that. Yeah, And taking responsibility doesn't mean you are causing all of the trouble on the world. Taking responsibility means the, you are becoming aware that everything that shows up in your life shares a resonance with you. So there is something that is attracting this into your reality. Okay, if there is something that attracts this, then there must be something that I can bless. Now, blessing is a divine right. Lots of people are cursing all the time. That's also a divine right. Yeah, and blessing is a lot more beneficial. Yeah, because it allows you to clear resistance inside of you and it sends good vibrations towards what you're blessing. So I prefer the blessing way. Yeah? And if somebody is uh, driving in front of me and I don't like the way they are driving and it's annoying me, then I have a hard time. But I tell myself, nope, you are blessing this person with better driving skills right now. 
Yeah, you are not cursing this person because it's dry, he's, he's driving so terribly. You are going to bless this person to have better driving skills. And next time it's going to be okay. Yeah, so um, it's a choice. It's constantly not just flipping a switch and everything is great. It's a constant choice. You are constantly being called towards being more aware of what you're doing and doing it intentionally, taking charge of your life, doing something means in that instance, if there is an impulse for action, you go for it. Yeah. And if there is no impulse for actions, you wait until there is an impulse for action. Yeah. In terms of relationships, that means that if you have no impulse to call a certain person, you don't. Yeah. And of course, that other person is going to be like, hey, why isn't that person calling me? Yeah. Because at the moment, connecting with you doesn't feel right. Yeah. That's my reality in this moment. And I'm standing by it. Yeah. That's being authentic. Yeah, so, yeah, there are so many different things as little things. Yeah, It's about the daily life. Spirituality isn't something that you do on the weekend. Spirituality is being consciously aware of what you are doing, being consciously present with what you are doing and how you're doing it. Yeah, And setting attentions about what it is that you want that day to be like. So when you get up in the morning, set an intention like, may this day be flowing easily and effortlessly and let everything that is supposed to happen, happen. Uh, and by the way, free will is a quality for the personality, because the more you are manifesting that soul of yours, the more you are expressing the higher parts of yourself, the less you are inclined to exercise free will simply because you are surrendering to the bigger part of you and it is no longer, it doesn't really come up. It's sort of like, hey, you know what? I am. That's all I can say. Yeah. And that is really the most interesting part, because as long as you are not familiar with free will, yeah, especially the part where you are granting that everybody else also has free will, yeah, um, you are very much aware of the concept. Yeah? And once you have integrated that, once you are more connected and more aware of your connection, that concept really doesn't matter that much because you are moving from your impulse directly into action. You are no longer doubting yourself. You're no longer questioning yourself all the time. Now, and the days that I'm questioning myself are the days that I know, oh, I lost my focus. <laughs> I need to get back deeper into the connection. Yeah. When I start doubting myself, I realize mm -hmm, uh, my ego is trying to get control. My ego is trying to step in here and second guessing everything I do. Yeah, that's the thing about intuition. Yeah, when you follow your intuition, the first impulse is your intuition, is your heart-centered consciousness telling you, okay, something is coming. And the HeartMath Institute in California has actually proven that the heart knows six seconds before the brain what's happening next. Yeah, so the heart consciousness, yeah, being focused in the heart and allowing yourself to be guided by that um, is a very good choice because that heart obviously gets a lot more information than the conscious mind does. Uh, so basically, um, when you are coming from the heart's perspective, you are not you're not doubting yourself. The first impulse is the one that is valid. Yeah? No matter how ridiculous it may seem, the first one is the one. Yeah? The second one is the conscious mind trying to budge in and regain control. <laughs> That's the one that says, oh, are you really sure you want to call that person now? Does that make sense? No, let's do something else. Yeah, I just wanted to read that book over there. Or let's do something else entirely. Uh, that's the, the conscious mind trying to keep you um, in a place of where you can be controlled by your thoughts. 
No? And, um, and that too is a constant battle. This is a battlefield like the Indian Veeds have described. Yeah, you are literally um, finding your way towards becoming more and more heart-centered consciousness and it does take time. It's not happening overnight. Yeah, it's one insight at a time. It's a journey like anything else. Yeah? But I think people would be well served to become more conscious of themselves, to really become more enmeshed with who they are, what they are doing, not questioning, but becoming aware, observing, yeah? feeling, putting your hand on your heart and feeling is a good way to become more aligned with your heart and become more aware of what's going on there. Now, and the more they do that, the easier things get because you become accustomed to being, being aware of, is my mind talking right now or is this really my consciousness that is here present? Now, and I think that um, the more people get it, the more people will do this, yeah? The faster things will go. Because imagine um, every light bringer, yeah? Every person that is consciously on the way, no matter if they have just read their first book or heard their first video, or if they've been doing this for 30 years straight. Everyone who is anchoring the light, yeah, is making a difference in their environment because they're literally holding the vibration steady, yeah? So their job is to literally anchor the vibrations that is flowing through them. Yeah? And as Kryon always points out, have you ever seen a congregation of lighthouses? Yeah, they're standing where the shadow is. They're standing where the light is needed. Yeah, so creating a spiritual community is obsolete. You don't need people to gather together and anchor the light in one point. You need people to spread out to bring the light to where it is needed. Yeah, so they need to be everywhere. They need to spread across the face of the earth. Um, but having them congregate in one community is pointless. Yeah, doesn't make much sense if you look at it from that point of view. Uh, so the more the light bringers are really coming um, into uh, awareness of who and what they are and starting to look within for the love that they are trying desperately to get from the outside. Yeah, the more things are going to shift and change because imagine those people focusing away from the brain and into the heart. What happens? The brain is an electromagnetic organ. Of course it is. And so is the heart. But the heart is 5,000 times more powerful. So have people come away from thinking all the time and becoming more aware of what they are feeling. Yeah, And instantly their vibration soars. They are raising their vibrations by leaps and bounds. And consequently, they are raising the vibrations all around themselves. Yeah, it's, it's, it's physics. Yeah, so, um, And it does take a decision from the person because the person, the personality is the one that says what goes. So if a light worker is actually making the conscious choice, okay, I'm going to become more loving towards myself. I'm going to be more gentle with myself. I'm going to be more responsible for the things that happen that are showing up in my life. I'm going to express more of who I am. Changes everything. Yeah, it changes the environment, it changes the people that that person is connected with. Um, it lifts the vibration in the entire area that that person is connected with. It's going to make such a difference. Yeah, every single one is needed. Yeah, this isn't um, a numbers game, but the more people are starting to be themselves, the faster things are going to unfold. Yeah, and that I know for certain because that was the same in Atlantis. It just went the other way. 
Amazing, Bettina. Um, I think coming back full circle uh, to, to you and your work, um, how would you describe your work? If someone is interested in reaching out to you or working with you, what is what does that look like? What what are reasons, maybe common reasons, that people would come to you, and 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 how does that look like when when you begin to work with them? Well, it's um, fairly easy, I should say. Um, a pe person reaches out by um, I don't know by by WhatsApp or Signal or per email. Um, I send them um, a flyer information. I don't have a website right now, but I'm working on it. Um, and when we make an appointment. It is literally about talking with that person. It's an intense conversation. It's like, okay, what is it? Or why is it that you have reached out? And most people that I'm seeing for the first time um, are feeling stuck, are feeling like, hey, the energy isn't moving, something isn't right, I can't get out of this predicament, I can't change things. That's usually because the root chakra is in despair, is not connected, and when the energy isn't flowing, yeah, as above, so below. When the energy is stuck, so is the person and the perception of the reality. So my job is to um, um, give them as much context as I can so that their subconscious mind, as much as their conscious mind and everybody else concerned, um, can accept the fact that, yes, there might be a shift or a change happening, and to help them come back into energy flow. Yeah, um, Usually that starts with in the very first session, finding out what the energy field is looking like, how much energy is actually there, uh, what is flowing and what isn't, and helping that person to come back into um, a conscious flow so that the energy is moving through all the chakras and is actually connecting that person uh, between the universal grid and the earth grid so that energy starts to move again. Because in that moment, your life starts picking up speed again. Yeah, and then it can be anything. It can be um, issues that are already physically manifest, um, that have an energetic cause somewhere. Uh, it can be emotional distress. It can be um, uh, addiction stuff, um, you know, patterns that are becoming repetitive and becoming detrimental to your health. Um, it can be family issues, uh, relationships, uh, business stuff. Scarcity programs a lot. It can be anything that is showing up, yeah, family constellations, ancestral lineages, you name it. Um, and one of the big issues also is um, karmic blockages, yeah, lifetimes in which there was a traumatic experience that was imprinted on the energy field and is expressing now. Yeah, and I see this a lot lately. I do a lot of auric field surgery because there are um, lots of trauma that are becoming physically apparent without there being any specific cause. Yeah, so for example, I had a client early on, um, a young woman who had broken her ankle um, every year on the same day for three year consecutive years. And as it turns out, she, in that other lifetime, was a sailor and had lost that um, that foot due to a cannonball in the Napoleonic Wars. So when we cleared the memory of that initial blockage that the body started expressing in that time, in this other body, in this body of hers, in this lifetime, 
Yeah, the body didn't need to express it anymore. The memory was deleted and the problem dissolved. Yeah, so I see a lot of people that have, for, for example, problems with, uh, with their neck, yeah, choking problems or a feeling that there is soreness in the neck, in the vocal cords or in the thyroid or something like that. And that's because lots of people have, in fact, been hanged in other lifetimes. Yeah, and that trauma expresses, and timeline injury means it expresses the moment that the physical age is reached when that initial trauma took place. So I'm seeing um, very horrific pictures of other lifetimes of people being executed in the most ingenious way, one can only say. Um, I'm seeing people that are um, experiencing physical distress, even though they have no idea why and where this is coming from and there is no apparent cause. I'm seeing people that feel stuck a lot, that can't move forward, that have difficulty um, connecting, meditating, getting into any space. Um, I see people that have no uh, connection to their emotional bodies. Um, and it's really like, you know, no matter what it is, when it comes up, we'll deal with it. Yeah. Issue number one is always get the energy flow back up and running because when the energy is flowing, then life also picks up speed again. And then whatever is being highlighted, whatever trauma has not been cleared, whatever um, blockage physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially is still sitting there will probably show up in the energy field somewhere. Yeah, and one of the issues that's also very prevalent at this time is that there are lots of energetic parasites that are literally latching onto people that are in the process of healing because they are not yet in balance. And these parasites, um, they live of our lower emotions. So that if they can get you to um, feel bad, yeah, it's an or they can eat buffet, literally. These energetic entities live in the upper octaves of the fourth dimension of the astral planes. And yeah, we are moving into the fifth dimension now um, and all the people that are raising their vibrations are literally a food source that is moving out of range. So these parasites are becoming more and more aggressive. And I have had um, the opportunity to um, retrieve and dispose of many an entity lately. So there is a lot going on right now. Yeah, but as it's, uh, essentially it's as simple as reaching out um, and making an appointment and then just going for it and seeing, okay, in this moment, what shows up? My failsafe is that I'm <laughs> terrified of manipulating anybody. I had a couple of lifetimes doing that and it didn't turn out so well. So um, I made a deal with my guides that I'm only allowed to see what really doesn't serve that person's journey anymore. Yeah, what isn't for the highest good. Everything else that they still need is out of my gift. So whatever shows up in that moment is what we look at and what needs to be addressed and what we find a way to release or align. So that's, um, and it is definitely individual. It really depends on who that is. Um, I don't really need to know anything beforehand because for me, the moment that I connect with that person is the one that counts. Yeah, so there is no preparation of sorts. I do prefer if the person is undisturbed for the while that we are talking. 
But other than that, I just do whatever is necessary in that moment. And most of the time, I'm not even the one doing it. I'm the translator. I translate the energies. I tell the person what I perceive, what is going on, everything I perceive, including all the images that may come up that are connected to karmic stuff or so on and so forth. And um, if the guides are jumping in or somebody wants to say something, I translate that as well. And other than that, it's sort of more happening inside the client. Yeah? And the way that the guides have explained it to me, a healer is a person that holds space for the other person to hear. Yeah? You are literally allowing for shifts and changes to happen. And the simple explanation is if you have a person that has 100% energy and you have a person that has 50% energy, after the call, yeah, the person that had less is going to have more. Yeah, so it's a, it's a matter of balance. And I have learned through all the things that I've been trained to do, that I have picked up along the way, the experience I now have, that I can hold my energy steady. I am the conduit through which this happens. And so I'm not going down to 75% energy um, as I am pulling up that other person to 75%. I'm going to stay at 100 now, but that's experience. And so um, I have the, the opportunity to work with many different people from all walks of life, from all over the planet. And I enjoy this immensely because if I can hold the space for a person to really allow things to change, yeah, that's fulfillment for me. That is so extraordinary to perceive that there is something changing. A person that I saw at the beginning of the call that is grayish and hardly has any energy at all flowing through that energy field. And at the end of the call, they are colorful, they are vibrant, they are all the colors of the chakras and there's energy moving and you can almost feel like, oh, this is life, life is happening. Now we can move forward. Yeah, that's elation, that's total bliss. So that's why I'm doing this. Um, of course, I'm working for Earth, but mostly I am enjoying interacting with different people from wherever, whyever, whomever, and allowing what happens in that moment to, you know, get the opportunity to let spirit through and do whatever is needed um, is joy for me. That's why I'm doing it. Well, wonderful, Bettina. Um, this has been a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you'd like to you'd like to talk about or address before we end it? Uh, I can't think of anything right now. Unless you have further questions, I think um, whatever I said was what, what what needed to be said. What I wanted to uh, to contribute to this conversation. <laughs> Other than that. If you have further questions, I'd be happy to ask them, to answer them at any given time. Yeah? And maybe you will figure out um, there are some things that you want to get into at some other time, then we'll get into them. But for the moment, I think we are pretty complete. Great. Yeah, I have in my notes about probably 25 other questions I can ask you. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe we do round two another time, but yeah, we're, we're coming up on almost three hours, which uh, for me is always a good sign that, that we went really deep. So thank you very much for sharing and, and taking the time and, and just, you know, sharing your own experience and from a place of, of personal experience and, and what you've learned. And, um, you know, I, I think, like you said, we, we are living in an amazing time where, where we are able to to connect and share in this way, and so so thank you for doing your part, and um, 
you know, from, from what I can tell you, you have a lot of humility and I think that's super important too. And, and, and just drawing on, on a lot of different aspects, which I, I think are really important and being able to tie those together in a way that, that, that can really help people. So thank you for doing what you do and, and thank you for sharing. And, uh, and yeah, I would, I would love to connect again sometime and, and, and go deeper into some other things. Well, thank you so, so much for this opportunity to be part of this, um, of, of your life, of, of what you do. And you're bringing many people to uh, the surface that are probably overlooked in, in other circumstances. So I think that what you do is equally important. And I'm very, very grateful that you singled me out today to be the one to contribute in this way. And whenever um, we will connect again, um, I'm looking forward to this. I had a grand time. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to present myself. Yeah. Well, wonderful. It's been a pleasure, Bettina. Thank you so much. Truly. Thank you so much. Take care. All right, everyone. That's it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Bettina. Uh, for me, it was really fascinating to sit down and talk with her, to have her share, to go into some of these topics that I also find very fascinating. Uh, so I hope you all got a lot out of that. Um, as always, if you're able to support this podcast, that's a really big help to me. Patreon is a really good way. You can sign up for as little as a dollar a month. There's different tiers you can sign up for. Those tiers give you different added benefits, things like early access to shows, bonus material, Q&As. To all of the people who have done that, to all of the patrons, as always, thank you very much for your support. I deeply appreciate it. And if you're able to do that, uh, that's an amazing way to help to support this show so that uh, I can continue to bring on these guests like Bettina and share in this information. Uh, there's also the ability to direct donate via PayPal. I'll put a link to both of those in the show notes. And if you're not able to do that, some of the little things make a really big difference with helping with the algorithms to get the show out to a bigger audience. So if you're listening on YouTube, hitting the subscribe button, turning on the notification bell, liking the video, leaving any questions or comments in the comment section, all of those things really help with the mysterious algorithms and getting the show out to bigger audience. If you're listening to this, <clears throat> the audio version uh, on whatever platform, uh, following or subscribing to the show, and uh, also with Apple, Spot, uh, Apple Podcasts leaving a starred rating and a short review, that really helps as well. Uh, this is the last episode I'm shooting of a number in advance, uh, so I'm not sure the following guests who are coming on. But as always, I hope to bring on some really fascinating guests. So thank you all for tuning in. Again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you all are well, and I will see you all on the next episode. Mm -hmm.